Richmond has been trained. Monster Man. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the Monster Man. From my laboratory in the car. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Yes, Patrick Young, and another week in the world of professional wrestling, and another week of some hot news items. Hot news items. First off, I want to thank everybody that came out to GameStop to get an autograph and a picture with me, as well as pick up the uh, NXT edition and regular edition of WWE 2K17. Now, how much were you charging for autographs? I, free, brother. Free? I was being... I was. I know your typical price, I, several thousand. I was in a giving mood... Free, come get an autograph, get a picture. You so. write this off on your taxes. This is your charitable work. It is. It is. How is the game? I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet either. A, what? A hold on. Undisclosed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop right there. Stop right there. You were at the grand midnight release celebration of this video game. They, and you have not had a chance to play it yet. They could not get me the NXT edition because GameStop... As a franchise whole was sold out, so you didn't pre-order it. I did, but it was too late. They said they sold out of pre-orders on it in two days. Hold on a second. That's what they said. This is not a good ad for so, GameStop so right I, now. No, you, you pre-ordered it. You paid for one. I went to pre-order it, and they said they couldn't accept pre-orders. That oh, they had okay. completely what what they had had been spoken for, so they couldn't accept any pre-orders That's for. BS, man. They said it went in two days. So I had to go to an undisclosed other company. A retailer that didn't have you a, signing autographs. Exactly. That will rena- remain anonymous. However, it stands with WrestleMania, Wally World, oh, okay. whatever you want to call it. And they were only taking the NXT edition online ship to your home. You can't ship to your store. can't online ship to your home. I paid to have it aired the next day. I have yet to see it. <laughs> 
I called. This is not going well for you. No, I called. I asked. A I, man just wants his NXT edition. I just edition. want my NXT edition, WWE 2K17. I called. I asked. Come to find out, the entire Eastern Seaboard had ordered the NXT edition, and Walmart, the only ones that they had, are out west. And they're actually having to truck them in from their warehouses out west. Some poor truck driver. Is having to drive a full truckload of NXT editions. Up and down the east coast. To the east coast, dropping them off. So that so they said it'll be about two weeks, and I'll finally get mine. I am shocked that you yes. have not played this game. Because am, you are Mr. Wrestling. And I, so, I'm going to tell you right now, I was one angry referee i was i <laughs> you were signing the autographs the, very angrily the poor man that was on dispatch with me on the phone that works for this enterprise of store you gave him the third degree i ripped him a new one i let him have it up one side and down the other because i spent an additional 30 bucks to have it there the very next day well, I hope they refund that part the, he of it said to you. He said they would refund that to me. So after I tore into him, so that is nuts. Yeah, I was mad. I was extremely mad. I was hoping we'd get a small little two K seventeen review from you. You will. You will. Absolutely. Yeah. Just not yet because of this. By the time you get it, two K eighteen will be coming out. At this point in time, right? Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that, man. I didn't know this week was filled with tragedy. It was, man. It's been it's been rough seeing all of everyone else having fun enjoying it yeah so however we do have some more stuff uh, Paige suspended oh yes I wanted to get to Paige I wanted to t- you turned the page to I talk did. about Paige I wanted yes. to jump straight onto that ship first yes Sarah Beavis is yes. her real name Paige suspended again. Just a month or two after getting suspended for the first time. And now this one is a 60 days suspension. This is the second strike. That's correct. Next one, she's gone. Yeah. But a strange thing happens in the WWE when you get your second strike. You never usually get the third one. Because Randy Orton has been on his second strike now for six or seven years. And yet he still keeps disappearing from TV. Well, he can... Take time off for a shoulder. I don't think you're ever going to get the third test to fail. Yeah. If they like you. Now, yeah. Paige is not, they're not very fond of her at the moment. But I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about wrestling as a career, the hardships of a pro wrestler. This is a demanding lifestyle, not only physically, but the, the travel involved, the time away from your family. A few years ago, Patrick, I tried my hand at stand up comedy. And a lot of people said to me, would you want to do this as a career? And I said, I don't want to live out a suitcase. I see. I was one of them that asked you that, actually. And, yeah, you, that's word for word what you said. I Even don't wanna... if I was having the greatest time on stage, the lifestyle, the demands to never be able to go home and sleep in your own bed. That's it. I don't do it every week, but uh, I have, you know, two to three weeks out of the uh, out of the month. I live out of a suitcase doing you know wrestling and and it does get old it really does get old but i still find my way home on sunday nights sunday afternoons to record this podcast to record this podcast for our millions of fans but just think of the demands the demands on the wrestlers especially at the highest of levels like the wwe that don't pay for their airfare their hotel their cars 
They're doing all this. By the way, Paige is a 24-year-old girl who was thrust, came to the main roster, won the title on her first night, 21. Yeah. At 20, between the ages of 20 and 30, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Well, and you're, you're still very much a kid, and the pressures of this business will cause you to make mistakes. And in her defense, we don't know what it was that forced her to fail her test. However, uh, I speak from experience. I haven't had the WWE test ran on me specific, but I have had friends that have. It's very, they look for anything. I mean, certain kind of just regular cough syrup or cold medicine, cold medicine you, uh, you can't take. I mean, they hand you a list of things like, hey, this is just over-the-counter stuff that are no-nos. So uh, they're, very, they're very strict. That is a very strict drug policy. I feel sorry for Paige for a number of reasons. Number one, she's 24 years old, and she's been put in this position on the roster as being the, just the demands that are put on someone that young. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Okay, and then, and then the company finds out she's dating Del Rio, so they get split up in the draft. Right. So the WWE is now fucking with your personal life. Right. So now they, they've split you up from your boyfriend, and then your boyfriend quits the company, and then you get suspended for drugs, and then, oh yeah, this time, this time they've actually come out and said what she got suspended for was an illegal substance. Oh, because, it was. Okay. Well, that's what they had to tell the New York Post or I something. Hadn't, I hadn't heard that, so... Okay. Yeah, the, either the New York Post or the New York Daily News, because after this suspension... This is another thing I was going to bring up about these drug things. No matter what you do, no matter what occupation you are, if you get popped for a drug violation, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. If you want to continue working there, it seems to me like she doesn't want to keep working here. No, she's, uh... She may be looking on for bigger and better things. You know, who's to say... But uh, we talked about it on one of the past shows. If you're a part-time WWE superstar... The rules don't apply to you. They don't. Lesnar openly failed his UFC drug test after the pay-per-view. He took it to shut everybody up, came back. It was steroids. But yet... Well, it was estrogen blockers. Same thing. You're still... But yet you're going to see him in my next person, the returning Goldberg. You're going to see the two of them in the ring yet again. and uh, Just one more note about Paige, though. So if you get suspended for your drug violation, if you issue a statement, just do like Roman Reigns did, just do the generic, I apologize, whatever, move yeah. on. But she came out and said said that you know she had a, she's got a neck injury that she's dealing with, and she said that her doctor painkiller prescription and basically blamed it on the WWE. So she turned this narrative that it's actually their fault that she's suspended. And so what does that do? Then, yeah, the company, she's, I mean, they're done. This is effectively over, I mean, I think, because... Well, Vince forgives and forgets, and uh, it, it may take a couple of years, it, you know, but Vince always I, welcomes back anybody. And, uh, you know, but as for right now, I don't see it working out. I see here in the next... 60 to 90 days, you see WWE releases page coming across the headlines. I believe she wants out of her contract and is failing the... I, that's what, this is my personal belief, is that Paige is failing these on purpose to break her contract and get out. 
Well, can, well, first of all, can you blame her? They are pushing Sasha and Charlotte, but yet Paige was the one who came first from NXT and really carried the women's division to its next step. Yeah, but now with the draft, with the split rosters, there's only like, what, six females on each show? I would rather have Paige over freaking, what's her name? That Nia Jax? Right, no, that walks, well, yeah, that one for sure. But that walks with Charlotte. That comes out with Charlotte. Uh, Dana Brooke? Dana, that, that, listen, Dana, find another job. You cannot wrestle. You cannot cut a promo if your life depends on it. I would much rather have Paige over her, somebody that can actually perform a wrestling match. I, yeah, I think she just wants to be with uh, Del Rio. Uh, he just got a job as the president of Combate America, an MMA startup owned by the UFC. So now he's got a new job. Maybe she just wants to join him, and that's the end of that. But I, I actually, I'm not sure about this, but I think if it's if you fail a third strike, you can't come back under any circumstances. That's you're gone forever, because no one's ever failed the third time. Right, Patrick, nobody's but, ever. But that is something possibly we need to look into. Yes, and uh, earlier you mentioned Lesnar. Yes, and Goldberg, the returning Goldberg, the match that nobody wanted to see. Bill, well, Bill, friend of mine, coming back. Let's see what he can do. Let's see. At, at the age of 49. Well, he can couldn't he, do much when he was in his prime. He's now 50 years old. I don't think he the, can do he's much. He's 49. At the age of 49, do you think he can uh, – Honest, honestly, no no smart aleck comments. Honestly, at the age of 49, do you think he can come back and put on a great match with the likes of Brock Lesnar? No. You really don't? Not with Brock Lesnar. I don't think he can with Lesnar either. I think they're going to have to pin – Somebody else in in that whole thing. Well, I mean, Lesnar's style has now devolved into just doing suplexes. And, I mean, Goldberg's Goldberg, not going to jump up for these suplexes. No, Goldberg's not going to take those suplexes. I am. Bill is not going to take those suplexes. Well, to me, what, it, what I fear it's going to turn into is Lesnar and Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, where just, I mean, Undertaker was hurt, understandably, but where they just don't click. Something just doesn't click. Even in their first match, the first match they had at WrestleMania 20, it didn't click because everyone knew that they were leaving. But even then, even if they, if the crowd wasn't in on it... They had to last minute throw Austin in there to make that match somewhat work because at WrestleMania 20, it, it the build-up to that match, it wasn't even working then. Nobody cared. And you're working with a guy who doesn't give a flying flip about pro wrestling at all in Brock Lesnar... Or was, Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't care about wrestling. No, Goldberg's in it for, for the kids, though. He's kind of got the Cena well, side wants, of it. No, he wants his own kids to see him wrestle live. That's the whole reason for this. Well, I think this was a promo to build the, the video game that has just kind of turned into a possible... That's what the video game does now, though. That's one of the things the video game does. It brought us You're, Sting. It brought us Warrior. That's true. It brought us Shane McMahon's return, and now it's bringing us Goldberg. So this game, unfortunately, they're running out of people to bring back. But that's yeah. one of the things. Well, you'll see video- Hogan back. I, I guarantee it. Oh, I agree. Yeah, but I don't think he won't be in a match or anything. I I disagree with that. You will see Hulk Hogan lay down for John Cena. Well, I would hope that he would lay with, down because within- I don't want to see him wrestle. Nobody wants to see him wrestle, not at his age. But I'm just telling you, that is a match you will see. I will be shocked if it does not happen. One thing about Goldberg coming back is that this only appeals to pro wrestling fans. This doesn't grow the audience any. Because 
Goldberg, yes, is a big name in pro wrestling circles, but outside of that, no one would know who Goldberg was. Right. People know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is, who Hulk Hogan is. The Rick Rock. Ric Flair, yeah, The yeah. Rock. People that have transcended into pop culture memory. And, I mean, maybe a few people that watched during the Attitude Era would remember Goldberg, but it's not... Well, Bill, he's just not going to draw... He's not going to make the company any more money. No, and I see... Does he sell more tickets at the Alamo Dome? Because that's the real question. I think yes. I don't think so. I, I think they would have... And here's my, here's my reason behind that. They I sold see, out AT&T Stadium, the Cowboys Stadium, 100,000 people with Roman Reigns and Triple H as the headliner. Well, here's here's why I'm saying this. I see this one match, Goldberg loses, and it he rekindles wrestling in his spirit, his heart, whatever. He comes back, says, I'm winning the Royal Rumble, does it to have a WrestleMania moment that weekend they put him in the Hall of Fame. Just like they did Flair, just or the very next year they put him in the Hall of Fame. Just like they did with Flair, just like they did with Sting. I mean... I don't think the Rumble's the spot to do that I, kind of story. I don't think it is either, but I'm telling you, the timeline is set for that very thing. The angle I've always wanted to see at the Royal Rumble is a guy who's never been able to make it to the top tier of the company finally get to the top tier of the company. And I know they sort of did it with Benoit, but Benoit was a champion in WCW the week before he quit. So he had made it to the top of a company. Well, they only did that to keep Benoit. To try, because they realized we were about to lose a great wrestler. He was already made in the fans' eyes as a top guy. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like... Chris Benoit is one of my personal favorites. Here's a story that I want to see played out at the Royal Rumble. And my example, you might not agree with my example, but this is what I would do. I would have a guy like Goldust go in... Well, he's going to have to ditch our truth before this, but... A guy that says, I'm on, this is the last run, I've never done it, right? and just totally, the fans would buy it. Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Dustin Reynolds, a.k.a. Goldust, yes. uh, is what age? 46, I believe? 47? Yeah, almost 50. He's, he's, he's almost pushing Goldberg's the, He's age. pushing the 50 mark. I would love to see a world title run with him. I agree with you 100% because Goldust... Dustin Rose, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call him, has transcended wrestling, transcended one of the... Don't know about that. I disagree. He's one of the major aspects of the Attitude Era. He went from from new generation straight into the Attitude Era because people are like, who is this painted-up freak? And he made it work. Goldust and Steve Austin led in the Attitude Era. I... It's my opinion. That's what you're listening to this radio show for. I'm just telling you. I but think a lot of people will agree with that. To me, that's it doesn't even have to be with gold dust or, or whatever. But that story to me, like remember the year uh, it was 02 when Mr. Perfect came back yes. in the Rumble? Now, he didn't win that year. but uh, He was down to the final three. Yeah. And he was, it was believed like, hey, he's really going to finally. The fans bought it. Yeah. Because he, he was in great shape then. Yeah, still. he was still fine. That story to me is a story that has still never been told through the Royal Rumble. Usually a return a returning superstar finally gets their chance is what you're getting at. Or just a guy that you hasn't – I don't know who is on the roster now that could really I could even point to and say he's been there forever. He does a pretty good job week after week, and he's never 
gotten there. I can't, other than Gold Dust, he was just my example. But that's the story that's never been told because every year you have a handful of, of favorites and everybody just and one of them wins. That's what it always seems like. I'm calling it right now. I see James Ellsworth being in the final three of I don't the Royal Rumble this year. I don't think that's going to happen considering he nearly lost his life to a Styles clash on Tuesday night. I don't think he's going to win the Rumble. I'm going to get on James Ellsworth here in a second, but to finish out Goldberg, your thoughts on his return? I would rather see him work with someone like Samoa Joe or AJ Styles or somebody that can really carry a match. Yeah, I agree. Because, yes, Brock Lesnar carries can carry a match, but he does it through physical dominance, and you don't want a, a guy that has the same gimmick, physical dominance, to be dominated right. for the whole time. It just it doesn't work for me for whatever reason. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, uh, we subscribe to the network, so I mean, we're going to watch it regardless. It's not like, okay, now if, we didn't, if the network wasn't in play and you saw this match coming up, would you spend the extra – would you – would I the, or would the normal person? Would a normal person? No. Would I? Yeah. Because Bill's a friend, and I I kind of want to see this. You know, I kind of want to see him in the ring for the first time in twelve years. I wouldn't spend extra money on it. No. If if this wasn't if this wasn't the network era, as everything's an era. If I didn't already have the network, I would not go out of my way to see this. Really. I, I'm sorry. I, if you had ordered I mean, it, I would go over and watch it at your house. Well, but yeah, I'm not you're going gonna, to, it's not some. You're not going to reach into your pocket. I won't be calling the cable company, right, and shelling out sixty dollars to see Goldberg. Sorry. I mean, you know, but there's a lot of people, true wrestling fans, that do, and and it hints at the fact that you're going to see WCW stars. Former WCW stars, WCW legends, whatever you want to call them, it worked with Sting so well that I, you're going to see them make returns. I think that's going to happen. Well, like I said before, there's there's not many left. There's not. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Glacier headlining WrestleMania anytime soon. <laughs> no, I think I think we're pretty I much at see, the peak. I do see Glacier possibly working for WWE. I see Glacier getting getting the phone call. I don't. I don't think so. I think we're. Uh, I see Glacier being Intercontinental or U.S. Okay, title. Okay, okay, you can just stop right there. I don't yeah. see world title. Oh, okay, thanks. Well, uh, at least there is some sense left in you. I, I really do see. You know, I see that there. There is. I see Vince realizing there's money to be made in bringing back these guys. Fifteen years ago, you're right. There was money to be made, and they even now didn't do it. Even now, it's it's too late, my friend. The window has closed. Someone put the old dog in Atlanta down a long time ago. Yeah. Damn it. What else you got? I, we talked about it. We're going to go right oh, Hold it. on, hold on. Before we get there, we say this almost every week, but I think TNA has finally hit the end of the road. Speaking of putting the old dog down, <laughs> TNA this week, they ran their tapings. Bobby Lashley lost the title on the first uh, Impact that was aired. But then, after that, well... The fact that they got this show on, they got their tapings in after Hurricane Matthew. They got that was a big win. That was last a big win. week was a huge high note for them that they managed to get their pay per view on. They got the tapings done. You think everything's going great, and then it turns out Billy Corgan is now suing Dixie Carter over some sort of something has happened within this ownership structure that he's not happy about. So now he is suing Dixie Carter. On top of that, the state of Tennessee is now filing a lien against the company because, oh yeah, TNA hasn't been paying their taxes. 
And they were their base is out of Nashville. That's right. So, so And on top of that, Patrick, on these Impact shows, which we don't get to see because we don't have the channel that Impact airs on. Which makes no sense to me. Things hit rock bottom when you have to mute the theme music of your wrestlers coming out because you can't pay the royalties for your own wrestlers' theme music. And that's what they're starting to do because the guy who wrote several of the theme music songs for these guys isn't getting paid. So you know what they do? They just mute the crowd and the theme music so the guy just walks out to nothing. Really? That's what they're doing. That's how bad it's gotten on impact. So, man. Their tapings can get them through the rest of this year, but I don't see this thing coming back. I don't. I see the tapings. I see the tapings possibly outlasting the company. That would be interesting if the company was actually bankrupt and gone, and yet Pop TV has three more tapes to air. That's kind of interesting. I really see that possible. Uh, Rumors of WWE buying the network. Well, the tape library. The tape library. Uh, I haven't heard any more about that. I know you have actually looked into that. Have you heard more about that yet? Well, no, they floated that survey where they were asking the subscribers if you'd pay $5 more to have Ring of Honor access and TNA access to the tape library, which with the Ring of Honor tape library, I, I know Sinclair Broadcasting Group, the company that owns Ring of Honor, and they are not going to sell their portion of the Ring of Honor tapes. I believe the ownership of the tapes splits when Sinclair takes over. So if WWE gets access to them, it would be the classic stuff with like CM Punk and the original Ring of Honor time. Brian Danielson. Stuff that they would be interested in and it'd be fine, but you wouldn't get more recent stuff with like Jay Lethal or AJ Styles' brief run in the company. And as for TNA's tape library, Justin Labar on WrestleZone.com reported that you know this was a done deal, but like I said before... The WWE is going to get this thing as cheap as possible. They'll just let it go to court. They're going to what? Yeah, you're right. And they'll just get it as cheap as possible. Why would I pay you now when I know you're about to go to bankruptcy court? So I'll just wait until after that, and I'll get it for pennies on the dollar. And it's the only thing of value the company has. So if they've already sold that, what else do you have? Yeah, I mean, and there are still a few DVDs that TNA has put out over the past little while that I'm interested in then i'm going to go on their tna impact shop.com and and purchase but uh if you're if there are things that you have seen like that that you're interested in i would suggest you go ahead and and do it now because you don't have much longer the way or just wait and it'll be on the network in a couple of years that's true that's also the thing that's going on with the wwe dvds right now they release a documentary dvd and if you wait a year or two it's on the network yeah. Because they did that with the Macho Man one and the Paul Heyman one. Like, just wait. They've done it with uh, Lawler. Yeah, yeah. That's what they did after uh, Raw, like, last week. So Lawler's came out, was it six or seven months ago? And now that's right. It's, it's good to be it's already on there. And now it's already on there. So, uh, I and I, I go in Walmart or I go into Target or any, and I see, like, the Royal Rumble DVDs or I see... The, if you're getting the network, you're wasting money on buying. Nobody's buying those. So the company is wasting money as a printing whole. Printing them. Printing them. Some people do like to have a physical copy, though. Because so, if WWE somehow went bankrupt or something, then the, net, then the next network is gone, and then people are knocking on your door for all your VHS tapes that you got. I see Donald Trump buying the, buying the <laughs> library if WWE goes bankrupt. But There's money to be made there, sure. There is. But, yeah, I just... Uh, I would recommend going ahead and doing that. 
Um, Anything else this week? I got quite a bit. I told you, I got, I got quite a bit. Uh, happy birthday to Stacy Keebler this week. Trish Stratus having another baby. Yada yada bull. James Trish had another baby. This Trish week? is pregnant with another baby. Oh, okay, well, good for her. Uh, I didn't hear that. James Ellsworth pins right. the WWE World Heavyweight Champion in AJ Styles live on SmackDown Tuesday night. He had a bit of help. He had a bit of help from it, it, special it, guest referee Dean Ambrose, who did not call it down the middle, Patrick. A, a win is a win in professional wrestling. And a, he's got the title I, shot this week. I do think this marks, I could be wrong, and fans, if I am, write in, feel free. I do think this marks the only time that a non-contracted WWE wrestler has pinned or submitted a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Well, in quite some time, at least. Do you know of somebody else? I think it's a. I think it's a first, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of. But James Ellsworth, a good friend of mine, he loves to listen to our radio show. Talk to him a lot. He's. Uh, I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, he's the number one contender. He is. I mean, let's put it out there. Tuesday on SmackDown, he gets a title shot. You didn't watch Talking Smack? He Daniel, does. Daniel he gets Bryan, a title shot. Daniel we're, Bryan gave him the title we're shot. We're not really. Yeah. I didn't watch Talking Smack, so we're legitimately. Oh, man, that's the best part of the whole show, yeah. Daniel Bryan came out. He said he's a huge James Ellsworth fan, and he's proud to make him the number one contender for the belt on Tuesday night. So Really? Yeah, so James Ellsworth, AJ Styles. Everyone will write down where you were. You'll remember the day. Legend. Legend. October eighteenth is when the James Ellsworth era will begin. On it will Smack- be. It will be right up there with Hulk Andre, WrestleMania, Goldberg, 3. Hogan at the Georgia Dome. Absolutely, yeah. it's going to be the passing of the torch. The passing of the torch. James, buddy, we're bros. Good luck. Uh, Mickey James making her return to NXT. Well, with- and lucky for them, they were able to find. Somebody for Asuka to face because the divas they've got, the women they've got in NXT are not ready to face Asuka. So this is a good, a good. How pick. do you is Asuka, Asuka? How do you pronounce? Probably Asuka, but uh, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think it being a one-time deal? Do you think? Oh, it's it a being, one-time deal, absolutely. You really, you don't yeah. see it being uh, Mickey James turning it, into a little bit more. If she can really impress, you know, and um, but I don't think she wants to go live in Orlando and work NXT, so I just don't see that. I don't see that happening. Well, I mean, her husband is working for uh, Jeff Jarrett right now, so. Who's that? Who's she married to now? She's married to. Uh, well, her old boyfriend, Kenny Dykstra, is back on SmackDown, so she maybe she doesn't want to come back because her old boyfriend's on TV. Could be. She's married to former TNA wrestler, superstar. Um, Magnus. Magnus. That is correct, yes. She's married to Magnus. Maybe she'll come back for an extended run, but I don't I don't see it. You don't see it? Nah. All right. Last but certainly not least, your opinions on the very first women's Hell in a Cell match. Well, I think that... Having the Reigns and Rusev match in a Hell in a Cell will water it down because between that, the title match, and the women's match, you're talking about three matches in the cell. Three Hell in a Cells. At this point in time, why not just make the whole damn card Hell in a Cell? Yeah, I, 
I mentioned Lethal Lockdown last week or the week before. I mean, yeah, just do it. Do every match in there. I mean, if, at, if at this point in time, I see this. It makes though, the gimmick less special. When I you have so. I many. see this being. There's only one way they can pull this off. They can both wrestle. I'm not denying that. Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair, two unbelievably talented women. I see this. There has to be blood. This match is going to either fail or fly on that scenario because you're going into a hell in a cell. You're expecting it to be gruesome. These women are taking their rivalry to the extreme, to the level, to the max of gruesome. There must be blood or it's not going to be believable. I think it could work without blood if it was vicious enough, but like you say, this is this is meant to be the culmination the culmination of a long time feud where people really hate each other, where this yeah. is this is gonna the, the the match to end all matches. And I just don't get the sense from them that they really dislike each other that much, you know? And it's not it's not their fault, it's the writer's fault, it's the storyline's fault, because there's just not a lot of actual hatred going on between the two of them. You know, right. she's Sasha's beat her twice clean for the belt. So yeah. why uh, what's even what's the problem here exactly? Well, they've traded the title off back and forth twice now. Each each person's, you know, both their runs have been off of pinning the other or submitting the other. Right. So. There's there's not enough controversy to me in their in the in the previous mat in the this, previous seven matches finishes to yeah. warrant so, so you don't see this rivalry being like a Sean Brett? You know I don't, no. I don't <laughs> I'm think, being serious now. That was even better because there's actual backstage heat between those two guys. But even, let me think of a good feud between two wrestlers that probably don't actually hate each other. In so Triple H, Shawn Michaels, they had a big run in O2. Where they're the best of friends Where they're the best life. of friends in real life, but yet they were tearing the hell out but of each other But that was set up TV. so well because it was... Sean's return. Sean, I got you don't you. have it. Yeah, you I don't got have it, it buddy. Uh, I passed yeah. you up or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, that had something to it. I'm just trying to. I mean, at this point, Ms. Ziggler has more heat between the two of them than. <laughs> really, seriously, that's no, the best feud going right you're, now. You're right. No, you're exactly right. And uh, with Sasha and Charlotte, it just feels like we're doing this because it's the first. Yeah. But that's the only reason we're doing it. It's not like... Well, um, and it's Charlotte, and uh, Charlotte, talented female wrestler. Charlotte Flair is one of the most talented wrestlers. I'm not saying just female. Talented wrestlers in the business today. However, I think she's getting just a little bit favoritism because she's Ric Flair's daughter. Because... And, and she doesn't want it that way. She's been she's made it very well known she doesn't want it that way. But, I mean, she's getting a lot of first. She's getting a lot of that. That is the talk going around locker rooms. She's, now, she was the third overall draft pick. Right. You know, I mean, but that was just to put women over, you know. That's the, this just, is the like new I era. said, that's just talk in locker rooms. You know how, you know wrestlers get well y'all don't but there's no the because the raw the brand split split these rosters up there's nobody else to do it i mean you can't bring bailey bailey a 12 year old girl wouldn't go in a hell in a cell and that's bailey's character yeah that i mean i agree so then and then who else do you have on the raw nia Jax? do you really want to sit through a nia Jax match no there's nobody else nia on the Jax ra- is only in wrestling because she's related to the raw i know so these are the I two mean, these are the only two women on this roster that can do it now if becky lynch was with this them, is this is why we go back to what i said about the argument of mickey james 
making a run. Well, this is the argument that goes back to what you said originally and what should have happened. The women should just be on one show and the cruiserweights should be on the other because both are both are weaker because they're divided. Well, the women are weak because they're divided. Yeah. The cruiserweights are weak because of the way they're presented on Raw. So have 12 women, have 12 really good women instead of three good ones here and two good ones there. I right. mean... No, I agree. As far, but uh, so yeah, I don't think it'll be. Do you see other than Mickey James? Do you see a? Is there a woman? Realistically, a woman wrestler making her return in the future to help? Because obviously, this whole thing with the women's kind of on rocky ground. Well, they just with them being split. Oh, that's what I'm saying. With them being split, that's kind of on rocky ground. Because, like you said, they don't have anybody else. And obviously, once this match is over, I mean, what are we going to do? Go to Raw the very next night, and you're going to see Charlotte and Sasha again? Yeah, exactly. Where do you go from here? Exactly. I guess you go with Bailey. So, so I mean, you, you, there has to be a female, either, like you said, combine them, or you see a, a returning female wrestler. The women's rosters on both shows just feel weak to me, and I, I don't really know what you do. And also, you burnt so many bridges with these female wrestlers in the past. Firing them when they're pregnant and fucking with them when they got their boyfriend on the same roster. Just all that kind of shit. Most of them don't want to come back. Yeah. They've scraped their hands of wrestling. Yeah. And then, so also, they've been discredited because we had to revive the women's division because, oh, the last few years, everybody that was here stunk. So yeah. you've offended me. You've said, you're trash. we got to bring in all these new ones. So Yeah. yeah I, I don't, mean, I'll take a Molly Holly any day. Yeah. Molly Holly can wrestle a great, great match. That'd be fine, but... Just like, I mean, temporary solutions. I mean, we say that about the women's event. I mean, they're bringing Goldberg back. They can't find long-term solutions to anything, it seems like. So, right. Who knows? Do I think it'll be a good It'll be a good match? Will it be vicious enough? No. No. But it's it's I, the first of its kind, so. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. All right. Now, on to my pick for this week. Yes, let's, let's hop in our WWE time machine and go back 20 years, almost to the day, to Halloween Havoc 1996 in WCW. It's a night of terror and suspense. It's live from the MGN Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, in front of 10,000 fans, which wow. I'm sure they gave out most of those tickets. For, yeah, wow. They stood out on the strip and said, hey, that was great camera show. work. That was great camera work because I the MGM Grand looked full. I'm not sure how many it holds, but... I thought it held a lot more than probably that. Probably 14,000, so 15. I was thinking like 20, 25. Well, WCW never did a great job at shooting how full or empty the arena looks. It's also dark. Yeah. It's also dark. You can't even tell. It was, like I was saying, though, it looked full to me. Yeah. It this looked, was great camera work. It looked full to me. It's a. It looked better than most WCW pay-per-views. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's not, you know, like Bobby Eaton finally wins the U.S. title and we miss it because we're watching them run down the ramp, so... Well, we missed our dark matches on main event. What you missed was Jim Powers defeating Pat Tanaka, and we missed Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera defeating Damien and Halloween, a wrestler named Halloween who you would better know as Seco Play. Yes. So there you go. Those were the dark matches tonight that we won't be covering because the network version, these network versions should include the main event before them. Yeah. You know, how hard would it be to just tack on one more show? Right. 
The when are we going to get Thunder on the network? That's what I want to know. Oh, saving that. That's going to be for the extra five bucks a month is to that, get Thunder. Is it? Probably. I mean, why else hold it back? But to to uh, to your thing here, yes. sir. We get a promo piece that recaps the NWO invasion, and it has snippets of Eric Bischoff's very stern warning that the NWO is going to stop. Little did we know he was he was betraying us all behind the scenes, Patrick. Even though it makes no sense that he worked with the NWO because they powerbombed him through a table. Yeah, you can't trust those those Eric Bischoff kind of guys, you know. When he charged. does look like the most untrustworthy man ever with those, <laughs> with that jet black hair and that those dimples that he put his fingers in, and he's smiling. No, yeah, yeah. As a, he looks like a used car salesman. As a kid, I, you hated Eric Bischoff. I don't care if he was before NWO or not. So yeah, you're right. The promo piece is in a frame that looks like it's drawn on by orange crayons. It's got this little orange crayon outline around it. Dusty Tony and Bobby have the call for tonight's show. We get wacky tiki face lower third graphics, so when their names pop up, they have these weird tiki statues on on east, each side of their name. Uh, they start the show by talking about how desperate Randy Savage is. He's lost it all, Patrick. This is the end for him. He's lost his wife. Lost his money. Yeah. He's Hogan's lost. getting all the movie deals. He's getting all the movie deals. He's lost it all. He's lost it all, yet this is... Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. This is a home court this advantage is, yeah, for him. This is named for Randy Savage, yeah. But first up, to start the show, the WCW Cruiserweight title match. Dean Malenko's out first. He walks through the graveyard set, which features uh, headstones. The headstones say, Farewell, Elvis Lives, Rick, and Beloved are just a few of the headstones in the Halloween Elvis, ha- Elvis does live. Just, but that's another another radio show. He lives in Vegas. He does. I think Dean Malenko is the challenger, so he's out first. He has a spare Rey Mysterio mask. Perhaps he bought one at the gift store walking in. No, he stole no, one from Ray. He stole one. Yeah, he stole one from Ray, and that's his trophy. But that's good motivation. It's good. That's good storytelling. It is. I and hate you. I hate your mask. And here it is. And you're going into the very next year. Of Halloween Havoc, you had Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio doing the exact same thing. Everyone wants this man, this poor little man. Everyone wants his mask. So Ray's out next. He's the champion, and he's in his black, red, and white getup. Mike Tanay is brought in to provide commentary because Dusty doesn't know anything about cruiserweight (laughs) wrestling or what the moves are called. I don't think Dusty said a word during this match. A hurricanwata? So Dean strikes Ray before the bell even rings. He gets a side slam for a two count. Malenko does a spine buster, looks for the Texas Cloverleaf, but Ray spins out of it. Him holding the mask imp- makes you think that this might be a mask for title match. Right. Or something. He'd win the title and the mask because he's the challenger. But no, it's just he hates your mask. He yeah. wants the belt. Ray tries a Hurricane Rana, but Dean tosses him off. Ray lands on his feet and hits Dean with a drop toe hold. We get a head scissors and then Dean bails outside the ring. Ray threatens a suicide dive, but he just does his little 619 spinny thing to scare you. Hey, I could have jumped, but I, I didn't. I could have, but I didn't. Yeah. Dean retrieves his spare Ray Mysterio mask on the ring apron, and Mysterio drop kicks him off. Ray hits a somersault senton splash to Dean on the outside of the ring. Mysterio decides to taunt Dean by putting on the mask that Dean had paraded out to the ring. Now, this is pretty impressive. He takes his old mask off and puts the new one on simultaneously. Without his face being seen. That I was, I'm was. i glad you actually took time to stop there. A true luchador. That was, that was really impressive. You, to watch him pull this off, 
This it's really it is. The mask that Dean stole from him, I didn't like as much as the one he had on because no. it had I don't like the empty back, the ones that have the back the cut open out of the back, mask. yeah. And that's the one that Dean had and he puts that on instead. I bet it feels a lot better to wrestle in. I bet it cools him off by 10 yeah. degrees, but I like the mask he wore out better, but that's just my opinion. And Dean gets back in. He locks in a half crab to work Mysterio's knee. Tony says that Dean gets booed, not because he's a bad guy, but because he wrestles a boring style. That's what he actually said, is that he just works a style that people don't appreciate. That's not good. That's even no. Those people are jerks, because Dean Malenko is the man. I always say it. I'm Dean Malenko, you are my boy. The ice man, the man of a thousand holes. I like Dean Malenko. Dean takes Mysterio up for a super back suplex off the top rope. This super move only gets a two count. Dean lifts Mysterio up for a delayed vertical suplex. That also gets a two count. Dean works a few rest holds and then shoots Mysterio into the ropes for a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Dean puts Ray in a sleeper for a couple minutes, give him a chance to recover. They eventually battle at the top of the turnbuckle, and Ray takes a tumble off the turnbuckle, hits the ring apron, and then falls to the floor. Ray thinks about some move off the guardrail, but Dean and Ray aren't on the same page, so they just go back in the ring. They couldn't figure out that sequence. Tony mentions the Slim Jim ring posts are padded. So tonight, when you get thrown into them, Patrick, they won't hurt as bad as a normal turnbuckle. Right. Now, he shouldn't have said anything about it because several of the matches to come feature people being thrown into the turnbuckle and then selling moves. Right. Tony yeah. just told you it doesn't hurt that bad tonight. So yes. suck it up, losers. Ray hits another somersault seated senton onto Dean. This time it's in the ring. He covers for a two count. Then Dean gets up, hits a vertical suplex for a two count. Dean bails outside again. This time, he gets hit with his corkscrew plancha from the middle rope. It was okay looking. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. <laughs> Dean and Mysterio get back into the ring. Dean tries a pop-up powerbomb, but Mysterio counters it into the Hurricane Rana pin. But Malenko kicks out. He finished a lot of people with this. Not tonight. So he tries for the springboard version, the follow-up to the 619 you know, in the future. Mysterio tries for a springboard version of his Hurricane Rana pin, but Malenko counters it into a seated powerbomb, but only gets a two count. How could they top these moves, Patrick? Mysterio gets up to the top rope, but Dean cuts him off and connects with a super powerbomb off the top rope for the win in 18 minutes and 33 seconds. And Dean Malenko is the new cruiserweight champion, and the crowd comes alive. And cheers this man that Tony says is very boring. <laughs> and they give him and Mysterio a standing ovation for what has to be the match of the night. Yeah. Easily. Oh, yeah. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. No, I agree. This was a great match. Probably shouldn't have started with it because it was so good. And yeah. these guys have put on great matches before and after this. Yeah. They knew better. But they still started the night with this. Our, our next Two matches or three matches I would have put above this one. Well, you want to start out hot, but... This was too hot. This was... I don't think you could top this. This was really... Yeah, it's it's tough picking an opening match. Yeah. As a booker, as fellow bookers of yeah. a wrestling promotion, we know it's tough to pick that starting match. I mean, the WWE put on a triple threat world title match to start the show a couple weeks just ago. Just last week, actually, yeah. So and, sometimes uh, you just don't get it right. Sometimes you'd put weird matches on first. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was an excellent match. Not the best they ever had together, but the super powerbomb finish was sweet. The super backdrop. When was the first or last time you've seen that? I mean, 
nobody's dumb enough to take that because that <laughs> that meant, that hurts. <laughs> Ray is just the perfect guy to toss around because oh, yeah. even a small guy like Dean Malenko can toss this guy around and make it look so beautiful. Oh yeah. Lee Marshall is backstage. You know why he's backstage? Because our friend Mean Gene is on vacation. So Lee Marshall will be handling backstage work tonight. The Nature Boy is with Lee Marshall. He's injured. Jeff Jarrett will fill in for him in a match against the Giant, which originally was supposed to be for the U.S. title. It won't be tonight. No. Giant just carries around the belt because someone needs to carry this thing. What about Jeff Jarrett's ring attire? What is uh, going on with Jeff Jarrett's ring attire here? Yeah, I don't... What is the meaning of this? I, I don't know, really and truly. Uh, I didn't much care for his ring attire uh, in WWF at the time before this or his ring attire here. I just... It looks like multiple suspenders. You really yeah. only need... If you're going to wrestle in Bob Backlund's suspenders, you only need two of them. But he's got like seven or eight. They go around his neck, and they've the middle one is gold for some yeah. reason. And then it's gold and white, two of the worst colors for a man with bright white hair and yeah. bright white skin. So not a good look at this time for our friend, our dear friend, Jeff Jarrett, the founder of TNA. Flair, he gets on the mic. He says he's rooting for Macho Man in the main event, even though he doesn't like him. See, this NWO threw everything... Everybody's out of whack here because you got Macho Man fighting Hogan and Flair is going to root for Macho Man not because he's friends, not because he's a fellow face or heel, but because he's WCW. WCW needs to triumph over overall. Well, see, and that that built what Eric Bischoff was wanting to accomplish. You had WCW versus NWO, and as a start off... Yeah, tonight they even had a separate ring entrance for yeah. the NWO guys, which actually I think they should have kept. I should, yeah, I agree. After this interview with Lee Marshall, we get Diamond Dallas Page, his dubbed over theme music, which is dubbed over so poorly here, they can't play Self High Five for some reason on the network. No. This one's not, it's not a bad dub, but for some reason they cut out the announcers and the crowd for his entrance, so it's really flat him coming out to this dubbed over theme. You don't hear any theme. chairs or any talks or you hear this dubbed over theme song, and it's time for the Battle of the Ring, Patrick. Yes. The Battle of the Ring. It's like Abyss and Hulk Hogan all over again, <laughs> but in the past, if that makes sense. This is uh, the Battle Bowl Ring we're talking uh, very about. Very valuable. The Battle Bowl Ring, which Eddie is in possession. It's Eddie's ring. Right. But DDP wants it back. He stole the ring at some point. Now it's lost. They claim that it's lost again before the match starts. And then no one knows where the Battle Bowl ring is. This is the match for the ring that no one can find. Correct. Essentially is what's happening this here. Is, this is WCW's backstage politics. Now, this is just bullshit is what this is. <laughs> well, this I is mean, there's no reason to have this match. Let's some, make it about the ring. Some things in WCW didn't make sense. This some is, things in pro wrestling just never make sense. This is one of them. Yes. You just go with it. Eddie's out next. Eddie won the Battle Bowl ring at Clash of the Champions, so it's his ring, but DDP wants it or something. Mm -hmm. Eddie and DDP exchange headlocks to start the match. Broken neck Nick Patrick is the ref. They let this ref go out there with a broken neck. Yes. Dangerous working conditions. You he, refs should have gone on strike. He's tough and through it, though. He is. He's going to tough through it for most of the night because he seems to be the only ref that works like almost every match. Pretty much. They comment about Nick Patrick's slow count. Well, I've got news for you, Tony and Bobby 
and dusty. Nick Patrick's count is slow whether he's got a broken neck, whether he's perfectly healthy. This guy's cadence <laughs> is the worst. And I'm glad, Patrick, that I know that you make a proper three count. Yes. It's at the right pace every time. But Nick Patrick, flinging that arm around, I don't know how... How is it hard to hit the thing three times? This guy takes it and he... Whew, that hurt. Gotta flap my arms for a second. Two... So this making him an evil ref was an easy transition because he sucks at counting to three. <laughs> it really was. Turning him to be a heel ref was, was quite easy. And you pretty much see it later on. Yes. He, he goes full heel later on in the evening. DDP crotches Eddie on the ropes at one point. DDP is very limited move-wise in this match. This is, like I said, DDP likes to script out every single move in the match. And I don't think Eddie was too thrilled to be wrestling him. I don't think they wanted Eddie, to work together. Eddie didn't really work that way. Eddie liked to work kind of on the fly. Eddie and seemed so, pissed off to be in this match. He really with. did, yeah. We get lots of shoving, strikes, arguing with Nick Patrick. DDP hits a gut buster to Eddie for a two count. Nobody knows where the actual Battle Bowl ring is. Well, you'll find out where it is in just a few minutes. You get a tilt-a-whirl sidewalk slam for a two from DDP onto Eddie. DDP's not thrilled with Nick Patrick's count, so he shoves him. And then, and then Nick Patrick tries to fast count him, but when he tries to fast count him, it's just a normal three count. It's a standard. It's a standard my three count. It's not a Nick Patrick slow count. <sighs> yeah, so DDP hits a big clothesline and gets a two count. DDP charges at Guerrero, and I guess, I guess he was expecting Guerrero to sweep his legs because he didn't, and so it looks like DDP at one point slips on an imaginary banana peel. He charges at Eddie, and yeah, it was uh, very bad. You whoa! Yeah, it was it was. Eddie hits a springboard plancha to the outside on DDP and ends up taking most of it on his knees. DDP didn't do a good job of catching Mr. Guerrero, and so Eddie hurt his knees on the outside. DDP hits a flapjack followed by a power bomb for a two count. Then we get the ugliest looking diamond cutter I can ever remember. <laughs> it's just him putting on, getting the arm around Eddie's head looked so tough to do. Eddie's just standing there. There was no fighting it. Yeah, there no, was he wasn't no... fighting it. He just he let DDP <laughs> slowly put his arms around his head. And then when he executed it, Eddie lands on face first on his arm. Like his arm is tucked into his body. And DDP gets the win in 1344. And then Nick Patrick... Finds the Battle Bowl ring. Yes. Gives it to DDP, and Eddie seems legitimately hurt, pissed off, and very upset to have ever been in this match. And But it's not explained because of DDP's dubbed-over theme music. They cut out the commentator saying, where did he find the Battle Bowl ring, or where did it come from? Yeah. They, they made it a point of this match to say, we don't know where the ring is. And then Nick Patrick just magically just has magically it. Just magically finds it. Uh, I didn't like this match. Oh no, this is garbage. This was. This I'm telling you, he works way better with Johnny B. Bad. I know you hate on Johnny B. Bad all the time, but DDP and Johnny B. Bad work well, very good together. I, I do not like Mark Marrow. This was just a clash of I styles, a styles clash. Ah, touche. Yeah, no. Uh, Eddie's a way better in ring worker than DDP will ever be. Sorry, I love DDP. I don't but, know about that. Oh, that's bullshit, Patrick. I Not, don't know about nobody that. Nobody will go with you on that idea that DDP is some kind of great in ring worker. I think he was. He's way better than Hogan ever got, but oh, I mean, well, I'm deni- that, doesn't, uh, yeah. that doesn't say much. I'm not denying that at all. Uh, yeah, but no, this, this match was bad. Oh, this was garbage. This was shit from a shit sickle. <laughs> this was... <laughs>
This shouldn't have been on the card at all. This, no, this this should have been on on Saturday or Sunday Thunder, whatever they called it when they were getting. Also, ready to the do greatness that. of the first match too. You come off this high <laughs> from an awesome twenty minute cruiserweight title match. This was this was. Let's go to the bathroom, get a get a hot dog concession stand. This was yeah. This was a bad match, and DDP had those. Not very many, but he did have those, and oh, this was one of them. Yes. Yes, this is not going on DDP's DVD that's coming out pretty soon about his highlights of his career. I don't think, I don't think uh, in all that DDP yoga he ever meditates and thinks about this match he had with Eddie no, Guerrero. Not at all. So we go to Mike Tanay. He's in the back. Uh, they clip his mic at first, so you can't hear what he's saying. But Macho Man is going to hand out the grand prize from a Slim Jim contest. Someone allegedly. You think, you are led to believe, we'll be winning a monster truck. Yes. <laughs> and he calls in Savage. That's right. Okay. And this is a giant Slim Jim that he's going to crack. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're going to talk about I this. Am. Okay. This is PVC pipe that is sawed You jagged. see the cut in it. You see it? the cut in it. Jagged saw cut to make it look like he's snapping into a Slim Jim. To draw the winner out. To draw the winner out of the PVC pipe. Savage sells this <laughs> this thing. It's the heaviest Slim Jim he is, on earth. He is selling this break, this snap into it. Like He it, grabs the top half of this already broken Slim Jim. I do know the deal, and Randy, I think the time is here. We have everything but a drum roll. I think it's time to pick a grand prize winner in the Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc sweepstakes. Let's find out who wins the monster truck. We've got the drum roll. You think he's and he goes. You think he's pulling a tree out of the ground with this his. This is Mark hands. Henry in the world's strongest man competition yes. here. Yes, this was. I mean, this was sell if there ever was for Savage, and uh, finally rips it off, digs down deep, deep down in there, and we have a winner. Who is our winner? We do have a winner. Prior to his selling of the breaking of the Slim Jim. He does deliver some kind of promo, but he's 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 macho manning around the mic, so we can't even hear what he's saying because Tanay just stands like a mic stand and doesn't move. Yeah. And then as he's selling Breaking the Slim Jim, Mike Tanay reads the rules of the contest. Yes. That this is subject to signing a waiver of liability. So I hope that Joan McCallick of Romulus, Michigan, I hope he signed the waiver because he just won a monster truck, or so he thinks. Macho says he'd like a date with the winner. Well, Joan, I think, is actually a woman. Well, I th- he he seems to want to just go with whoever won the truck. I mean, was he well, going to say this monster that- truck was awesome, but yet they didn't win this monster oh, no, truck. Oh, no, stop, stop, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Macho, man, he seems pretty desperate if he's just going to go out with <laughs> contest winners. You know, Hogan would never say, oh, I want to go hang out with... No, no. He sticks his window, his arms out the windows of planes to land them. That's, so, that's you know. correct. Yeah. So after they draw the winner, we mentioned that WCWWrestling.com, you can listen to the simulcast of Halloween Havoc, first time ever in the internet of 1996. This would not work out very well for you because no. dial-up internet <laughs> is not very fast. I bet you would see the buffering symbol on your screen and not hear a damn word. No. Also, why would they do this? They, they're going to give away? Also, okay, 
Here, pet peeve, Tom. No, no, no. They're, they're telling people. I've already bought the pay per view. It's on my TV. They're telling yeah. me I can go listen to it on the web for free. Yeah. I've already spent the money. It's on my TV. They should have told people beforehand you can listen to it. But then, why would you buy it on TV if you can just listen to it? Right. Anyway, yeah. So they simulcasted Halloween Havoc. You know what they also did? And I remember this from WCWWrestling.com. They used to put the hotline on there for free. You could play it back, the minute or two Mean Gene hotline thing. Instead of paying, forget $1.49 a minute, Patrick, I'm just going to download it. It took me all day to download it. <laughs> right. But I could listen to it for free on WCWWrestling.com. Do you still have any of those downloads? No, no. They are they are lost to time and multiple computer changes. I was going to say, if you still did, that we're golden right there. So. Oh, yeah, golden audio. Yeah. They're worth a fortune now. I mean, they were $1.49 a minute back then. Yeah. I mean, inflation. You're looking like 100 bucks a minute probably now. So Chris Jericho, he's chatting on CompuServe. He shouldn't be on CompuServe. He should be get pre- prepping for his match. He's got a match later <laughs> he on. He does. Today is now with Dean Malenko. Malenko? Doesn't say much. <laughs> he just says he'll wrestle whoever. And uh, Tanae suggests maybe Mysterio. He says, whatever. It was real. I'm going to spice it in. You'll get to enjoy Dean Malenko's promo. Dean, okay. Here. Dean Malenko was not known for promos. Yes. I mean, let's just, I'm, in all seriousness. But even if you're the Iceman, Dean keep Malenko, it short. Yeah. Dean Malenko was known for his in ring ability. The most I ever saw Dean Malenko talk was when he was going out on a date with Lita in 2001 in WWF. Uh, Other than that, I never saw Dean Malenko carry that much of a conversation or even live on air. Dean Malenko is a great wrestler, legendary, and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, As to say whether or not He's, you should let him near a microphone? No. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Just like they should have done with Dean Malenko. Ted DiBiase, he is in the crowd. He's with the Giant. He mentions Jeff Jarrett is stupid for not joining the NWO. I didn't remember, and I was watching Nitro around this time. I don't remember the offer being extended. It was. To Mr. Jarrett. It was. It was an offer of come join the Horsemen or the NWO. You had Jarrett in the middle of the ring, NWO on one side, Horsemen on the other. He wasn't – He wasn't, no, that didn't happen quite like that. But, yes, that's among what happened, basically. Yes. He showed up one night and said that he didn't want to be in the NWO. That's the offer. I mentioned here Ted DiBiase stumbles through his promo. Ted DiBiase, great at certain things, but this was not a good role for him to be doing these pre-match introductions. Yeah, Ted's normally pretty good on the mic. This is kind of just one of those rare nights. Giant says he's going to stick Jeff Jarrett on the floor, and he's going to stick him on the roof, and then he's going to choke slam him. So we'll see if that happens. He walks up next. Uh, he walks through the crowd. This, this is the NWO entranceway. Yes, the NWO has their own stairway in this arena. Yes. In the MGM Grand, the NWO Grand their Arena. Their own little entrance area. When you send someone through the crowd, Patrick, who do you think needs security? What wrestlers or females would you send security out with? Maybe like a Trish. Maybe yeah, uh, Trish. Lita. Maybe Elizabeth. Sasha Banks probably needs. Probably a Hogan. Yeah. Uh, probably a, somebody that you know is going to be ganged up on. Yeah. Who's not the biggest man on the planet. 
like the giant who needs five security guards <laughs> to walk him down to the ring. Who would fuck with this man? <laughs> I remember watching his slow walk all the way to the ring, and you see him towering over tall people by any means, and he is like chest, shoulder, heads above the rest of the crowd. And The announcers mentioned the NWO paid for this security to, yes, to not yes. blow kayfabe, that WCW security is escorting an NWO guy to the Did ring. Did you know that they actually had just straight black and white security shirts, not normal like the WCW security? Oh, you didn't see Doug Dillinger. You didn't see the WCW security logo, all that. It was just So they really were trying to sell this. The Giant is holding the U.S. title belt. It looks like a toy in the Giant's giant hands. Double J is out next. He comes out doing his Richard Nixon pose and peace signs all around. Then Flair's music hits, and he comes out. When they show him coming out, they zoom in on a tombstone that says Rick and then pan off to Ric Flair. And the announcers say, that's not for Ric Flair. That's not even how it's spelled in his name. Why did the cameraman do this? What a terrible thing to do, zoom in on the man's tombstone. Because you didn't have, in WCW, you just had some random... The production was not near as good as WWF's ever was. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, It just goes to show you what WCW was lacking. The match starts, and instead of paying attention to the ring, the crowd is completely distracted because Flair is in the aisleway strutting and wooing and (laughs) carrying on. He's totally distracted you from this match. (laughs) That he's not in. He's got a bum shoulder, so he can't wrestle. But he's going to get all the spotlight. That's Ric Flair for you. And he's in Vegas. I bet he is just naturing it up out there. I bet he is drunk off his butt. We get lots of showing off with the big man power spots. He just tosses... Giant just tosses Jarrett around the ring. Jarrett tries for a sleeper and ends up piggybacking the Giant for a minute or two. We get a big boot for a two count. Flair grabs a chair, and then he just gets rid of it. He thought about cheating, but I guess wanted Jarrett to prove it on his own. Giant hits a backbreaker and drapes Jarrett over his knee. Flair grabs the mic and shouts encouragement at Double J. Giant hits a couple of backbreakers on Jarrett, locks him into a bear hug. Jarrett finally goes on offense, gets a couple of drop kicks. He tries for a body slam, but realizes that he's not Lex Luger, and Giant <laughs> falls on him for a two count. He also tries to bring the big man down with axe handle smashes and a high cross, which finally does get the Giant down for a two count. He tries a figure four, but Giant kicks out of it so hard that Jarrett goes flying out of the ring. Giant hits the Slim Jim ring post and falls down on the outside. The padded Slim Jim ring post. That's right. Then Jarrett locks in a figure four on the outside, but Giant is so big, he just reaches across and grabs Jarrett by the neck. Then Flair, who earlier didn't want to interfere with the chair, in plain view of the referee, low blows the Giant. DQ win. Giant wins in six minutes and 44 seconds. And the U.S. title belongs to Ric Flair. It's technically vacant now. Oh, is it? I don't think it's officially been vacated. They didn't know the extent of Flair's injury, so they probably didn't want to officially vacate it. My whole thing of it is is you have the giant down there on the floor in agonizing pain because he just got low blowed. Why not go get your U.S. title? (laughs) Good (laughs) point. Just throwing that one out there. Well, and also, when the horsemen come down, you think one of them could say, hey, that's our title, by the way. I think we'll be taking that Just throwing that one out there. Because this this whole match took place over the U.S. title being stolen from Ric Flair. And he doesn't care. And he doesn't even, like, it's right there. (laughs) Literally 20 feet from him, and he he walks right by it. 
The rest of the horsemen run out, so make sure the NWO can't gang up on them. And they run out just simply so that Flair and Jarrett can celebrate. What nice guys. You know, Benoit and Mongo come out, to, and Arn come out to just back us up while we can strut, even though we didn't win. We just lost the match, and we're going to celebrate. Yeah, without our U.S. title that's laying 20 feet from us. And also, the rest of the night that they have wouldn't quite hit the high of this part. It's a bad night for the four horsemen this coming up. This is a rough night for But this is the four. highlight of their night is DQ loss. That's a bad night for the Four Horsemen. So after this, we go back to DiBiase. He's with Virgil in the crowd. Ted says, hey, a win's a win, man. So they're up one nothing. The NWO is. Ted puts over Chris Jericho as a great athlete, but he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then Six grabs the mic and also puts Jericho over as a good wrestler. Such terrible people, those NWO, yeah, telling yeah. you how great Chris Jericho is. Horrible guys. And then he ends his promo by saying NWO for life. We get Six and Jericho are next. Now, did you? I know you know one reason why he's called Six. Do you know the other reason? He was, well, of course, everybody knows he was the one, two, three kid in yes. WWF. That adds up to Six. That's the first reason yes. he's called Six. But he was also the sixth member of the NWF. There you go. Just like that. So there you go. That's why Six. Sean Waltman, X-Pac. For those who are, yes. if you don't know who Six is, that's who you Six, S-Y-X-X. Yes. How all the cool kids spell it. Yeah. I'm sure you lost a lot of points on your math quizzes when you spelled Six, S-Y-X-X. And you I'm tried to explain. I'm sure there is kids from our generation that did that. So Jericho and Six are going to start the match. They do a lot of running offense and counters. I guess they're trying to get over how fast they are for cruiserweights. Jericho lights up Six with a huge chop in the corner. Dusty doesn't know Six's name, and then Tony calls him out on it, and Dusty's, Dusty says, not, not to be flabber-busted with what he said. Don't be flabber-busted, baby. <laughs> so he gets called out for not knowing something and then busts Tony's balls for calling him out on it. Yeah. But Dusty yeah. Did, that, did that a lot. That was Dusty's move. Get, call, get, get called out on something, and then it's your fault for calling me out on it. Yes. Rest in peace, Dusty. We miss you, Dusty. Six returns the favor of the chop from earlier with some more of his own. We get the spinning back heel kick. This is all of his offense. This is the only move he knows in 1996 is this spinny heel. Whoa, that quasi-karate shit that he always does. It's just, it's ridiculous. Karate master Sean Waltman. No. No. Not a fucking chance, pal. Uh, Jericho lands a nice high cross off the top rope to six on the outside. Jericho gets a spinning back elbow off the top rope for a two count. Jericho counters a high cross with a drop kick. We get a line salt into a bridging pin. Oh, man, Nick Patrick's neck. It's, it worked up on him again, Patrick, just at the right, the right wrong time. One, two, oh. Yeah, well, it hurts so bad he can only count a one. See, it doesn't interrupt oh, his count. Oh, can even get a two. He can, oh, one. Then we get another crossbody, and Nick Patrick can only make another one count. And the crowd boos at this. They sense something's up with this guy. They're getting mad. So Six hits a spinning heel kick. Patrick counts a normal three. And Six wins in 9-49. What do you got here, Patrick? This was to set up the exciting Chris Jericho-Nick Patrick feud. Yes. This was a bad The one-armed tied-behind-your-back match for World War Three. Yeah. I didn't like this match. No. No. It wasn't Jericho's fault here. No. This was, it was the need to get Nick Patrick, how much, how many times do we need to be shown that Nick Patrick might be a crooked referee? You could do it, 
you know, that's the problem with wrestling. There's no such thing as being subtle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing. They want to beat you over the head with it. You know, the first time we see Nick Patrick make a bad count, we can assume from there. We can take it from there. Right, no. Maybe once a week, he fucks it up. Yeah. On this match, it's every match. Just a reminder, Nick Patrick, he might be a dirty referee. But we're not sure yet. We'll still let him keep going out there, and we're letting him work with a broken neck. That's the bigger problem, is that this guy is injured. Yes. There are plenty of other refs on the roster that could go out there and work. You had Pee Wee Anderson. You had... uh... I mean, you had lots of them. As if there was any more doubt to his allegiance to the NWO, he helped six to the back. Is that right? Can you do that, Patrick? Are you allowed to help wrestlers that aren't? They're not your contracted wrestler. This is essentially, a, you know, right? you don't yeah. want to get involved with somebody that's not under contract to your company. Yes. You should be helping Jericho because he's the WCW guy. Yeah, you should. And uh, why in the world are they helping him? up the entrance way when the NWO has another separate entrance. Oh, boo. I'm glad you pointed that out. Just a mean. Well, maybe the ambulance because the NWO didn't buy an ambulance. Now they're going to take the WCW's ambulance, yeah. which I'll need later. Yeah. He's going to take it. But then he can't walk through the crowd because <laughs> he's a WCW ref. He should have just not done anything here. Let Virgil or somebody come and get six. <laughs> Virgil could have done something. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really do much in WCW. No. <laughs> Did he even wrestle a match in WCW? I think he wrestled some matches, but... I was going to say, to my knowledge, I didn't. But, I mean, in his blue jeans. It's not yeah. like he didn't go through his shadow boxing or anything to go do him. <laughs> so we go backstage. Mike Tanay is with the total package. Lex Luger, who is covered in sheen... He is glistening, and holy shit, this guy is ripped. He is... You know, really didn't need to come down to this. But Arn, you wanted to start pointing fingers. You wanted to lay the blame for war games, so be it. I said I'd accept the blame, but that wasn't good enough for you. So you had to throw down the gauntlet. You planted the seeds, Arn, and now the crop has harvested, and it's not a garden of flowers, it's cactus. It's thickets of things that you'll never want to see from Lex Luger because, Aaron Anderson, you've questioned my intestinal fortitude. You've questioned my courage. You've tested everything and questioned everything that I stand for. And now, Aaron, you're going to see a total package that you've never seen before. You've seen a man that is going to come unglued. It's time for the total package. Somebody in WCW to make a stand around here. I'm sick and tired of everybody running each other down, jumping each other's backs. Well, now, Aaron Anderson, you're going to see a side of me. Oh, my gosh, Aaron Anderson. You know what? I'm going to the ring right now with one intent. I'm going to say it one more time. It didn't have to come this, but Arn, I'm not only going to beat you, I'm not only going to rack you, but I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to hurt you. Definitely failing. This is his first wellness violation policy <laughs> if I was backstage. Flexi, just... Flexi Lexi. <laughs> this feud comes from the War Games match where it was Horsemen and Dungeon of Doom versus the NWO, basically. Team WCW versus the NWO. The first of many. WCW NWO matches. Many. And he cost us the match or something. So Lex is going to stand up for WCW, even though he's fighting another WCW wrestler. This is Lex billed as a top guy because they're really getting over the torture rack because he had torture racked all these big guys on Nitro in the few weeks leading up to this. Like giant. Like Roadblock. Roadblock. Just massive guy to get this guy over as a star. And so this is... 
No better way to get you over as a star than put you in the ring with Arn Anderson. He'll make you look like a million bucks. Oh, that and in all seriousness, Arn Arn Anderson did that with anybody he got in the ring with. So I wrote, this is the real main event for you, Patrick. I know, because it's Lex Luger, your favorite wrestler of all time, hands down, taking on some jobber by the name of Double A Arn Anderson. <laughs> some jobber. Yeah, that that guy was never going anywhere. Arn is out in his WCW denim vest and speedo. Well, he's looking good. Arn was looking. He was looking. He pretty, actually looked fine. Yeah, Arn was looking pretty, pretty ripped. He was ready to rock and roll. He was ready to take it home. Little did we know, Patrick. We just reviewed two retirement matches in a row. That this would be the final Arn Anderson singles match on pay per view. Yes. This is the end. And what better way to go out than with Lex Luger? Well, I could think of a lot better, but the ref <laughs> is not Nick Patrick, and he checks the guys for weapons. He does yes. the Patrick Young. He's but he checks Lex for the weapons, not for Arn Anderson. It really should have been Arn Anderson. No, Arn never cheats. No. Even though we just saw him use a glove. Yeah, Arn never cheats. Oh, no, Lex never cheats. We just saw him use a glove. Uh, you know, a lo- How do you tell if a glove is loaded, by the way? It would just have to feel heavy? Yeah. But it's just a heavy glove. It's just a heavy glove. I just wrestle in heavy gloves, man. Yeah. So you couldn't take my glove. <laughs> have you ever had to confiscate a loaded glove, Patrick? No, I have not. Okay. But you know what I really want to do? I really want somebody at one point in time while I'm checking them to actually have a f- weapon on them. I I miss it every time. It's strange. You have gone a perfect 100% in never finding weapons. Never finding And yet somehow, sometimes, they even manage they, to they get them. S- they sneak it in there somewhere, or they they find it it's somewhere in it's, the, under the ring or something. We keep leaving crap around the ring. Yeah, yeah. Lots of litter bugs out there. It's it's terrible. So Arn is going to use this match to work Lex's midsection, because apparently he was attacked with a chair a few weeks ago, and they claim that he has sore ribs, even though he didn't wear the rib tape. But that's the story of the match. He, Arn, he forgot that. So, Well, it'd get in the way of his oil. Yeah. He's so slick, he probably had it on, but <laughs> it, it slid off. right off. <laughs> or maybe he had it on, and he flexed, and it ripped off. That's what I think Okay, happened. now, and... and um, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up. Lex Sliger was one of the few wrestlers that used a lot of baby oil. You don't say. But, I mean, would you say he's probably the most oiled up wrestler of all time? Yes. Hands because down. he used a bottle of baby oil every night, I would say. It's amazing he ever got locked up with because you would just <laughs> slide right off of this guy. <laughs> Luger gets a delayed gorilla press slam on Arn, then Arn rolls out of the ring and Luger hits an axe handle smash, then runs Arn's back into that Slim Jim padded turnbuckle. It's rough, man. It is rough. That padding is thick. It's going to take Arn out for some reason. It is. You hear a fan yelling in the crowd, it's Kevin Sullivan! (laughs) He got great seats to this event. I guess he stood outside and got some free tickets too. Conan and Boss Man and Kevin Sullivan have their Dungeon of Doom section in the audience, and they are uh, yelling for Luger to rack him. They're rooting on for their boy, Lex Luger. They haven't forgotten uh, the Doomsday Cage match. They remember. Luger hits a power slam on Arn and and delivers elbows to his back. Luger is also going to work Arn's back, so they have the same exact strategy in this match. But it makes sense for Luger. His finisher is the torture rack. He works Arn's back with knees, kicks, and stomps. Luger's hair, as this match goes on, gets frizzier and frizzier. It's like uh, there's a balloon over it, an imaginary balloon over Luger's head towards the end of the match. 
Luger hits a backbreaker on Arn. Arn gets crotched on the top turnbuckle. Luger keeps going after Arn's back. He is not going to let this go. But then Arn, out of nowhere, hits his signature spine buster. But oh man, he hit it so hard it took it out of him. And Bobby says he, it took so much out of him, he doesn't think Arn can even win the match anymore. As soon yeah. as he hit his finisher, he can't win the match. What irony. What a sad, it's, sad it's irony. Very, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Arn eventually shoves Luger into Mark Curtis. Arn goes and gets a chair, swing and a miss, and Arn gets catapulted into the Slim Jim ring post. That's a tough hit. Lex vertical suplexes Arn onto the mats outside the ring. It almost looked like a brain buster. Then Luger heals out and beats him with a chair while he's on the ground. He rolls him in, gets the torture rack, and gets the win in 13-14. The Dungeon of Doom loves it, but uh, he won't let this torture rack go. He no. keeps Arn in it. Sadly, he keeps it until Arn needs paramedic help. The crowd actually cheers for it. They love the torture rack. Torture rack's over with the crowd. Rick and Jarrett come down to check on Arn, who's still laying in the ring after the beating. Tony calls out the paramedics for not using the board. They just rolled this man who they think might have a broken neck. They just roll him onto the... They didn't use a board no. to flatten him. So uh, Tony says... Tony gets onto the paramedics for not using the board. Yes. They might have just cost this man his career. Which little, little did we know. Yeah, almost the truth. Almost the truth. So now this explains for the rest of the night why Arn, Flair, and Jarrett will not be around because they yeah. have to go be with their Flair and Jarrett have to go be with their friend Arn, yeah. who Jarrett's been friends with all of two weeks. So this is a dear friend. They're gonna go stay loving, in, caring individual. When in reality, I think as soon as they got to the backstage, they threw on some suits, hopped in a limo, and went gambling for the rest of the night. Is what I imagine actually happened. Here. The beer and champagne and wine was flowing. Lee Marshall's in the back to find out about Sting. You need to call the WCW hotline. 1-900-909-9900. Kids, get your parents' permission before calling. Harlem Heat Colonel Parker and Sherry join Lee Marshall. Colonel Parker calls the NWO a bad bunch of eggs. Ooh. That's tough. Wow, they are. That's rough. But that match isn't next. Up next is Mongo and Chris Benoit taking on the Faces of Fear. Okay, now, we finally got to a Mongo McMichaels match here on the podcast. What in the hell was this guy thinking trying to get into wrestling? Okay, to be fair, in this match, this is the best way to use him with another guy who can't really wrestle well with Ming. Two big guys that just smack into each other. Yeah. This is the best way to use someone like Mongo, but yeah, it's Mongo (laughs) is tagging with Chris Benoit. Think of the dichotomy there. Like You have one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and a guy who can't wrestle. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Like, at all. This, <laughs> I bet like, Benoit at, was like, oh, fuck, I got my work cut out for me tonight. <laughs> I'm carrying this thing, because he did. I mean, yeah. it was, he carried this match. Yeah, I don't... They needed a fourth horseman when Pillman left, but I don't know why it had to have been Mongo. Dean Malenko would have been the perfect to go I, ahead see, and make him the fourth horseman. I agree, and they didn't just yet. Because he's a cruiserweight. He's too small. He yeah. can't be a horseman. They hadn't just yet, but they... they eventually, ended, they, they eventually would get it right. Did. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, Ming and Mongo, they're going to start the match. Oh, boy. They no-sell shoulder blocks. They just ram right into each other like a (laughs) bunch of two idiots, like two big gorillas out there. Then we get a three-point stance and a shoulder tackle, and it finally takes Ming down. Then we get Barbarian and Benoit tagging in. I guess the rule was Mongo is to not be in the ring with anybody besides Ming because that's how they scripted this match. 
Benoit hits a nice bridging suplex for a two count on Barbarian. Barbarian tries a, tries a Boston Crab, but it gets countered. Well, you can really tell how fast Benoit is compared to everybody else in this match. He is moving at light speed compared to them. Mongo and Ming tag back in. Like I say, it's always got to be Mongo and Ming. Shivani says this is just two big men running into each other, and he loves it. What an idiot. He hates wrestling. <laughs> Ming and Mongo tease sumo wrestling. They're going to break out into sumo wrestling in this uh, match. <laughs> Ma- Mongo entertains this idea. <laughs> He gets down and starts to play, but then Ming main power just, just runs it. into him and just starts doing really doing weird the, chops, doing the sumo chops. So yeah, sumo chops and him into back the corner, into the corner, and that's the end of that yeah. spot. But I would love, actually, no, I wouldn't want to see Mungo in a sumo speedo <laughs> thong, a big show. That should have been the WrestleMania sumo match. <laughs> Barbarian tags in, and they double-team Mongo with some strikes. Barbarian hits a scoop slam, and Ming is tagged right back in. Mongo hits Ming with a drop kick. He misses the second one, and then he gets slammed by Ming. Mongo tried a drop kick. That's the highlight of this match, is that Mongo... That's probably the one wrestling move Mongo's tried. Yeah, he was 50% successful with it, basically. He hit him with one foot. Yeah. Good enough. Benoit finally gets the hot tag and lights up Ming with chops. Ming shoots Benoit to the ropes. Back body drops him into Barbarian, who catches him and hits him with a power bomb. It was awesome. Yeah. The crowd pops for it, and the faces of fear actually pose. They're so excited that that was a great spot too. It was awesome. And kudos to Chris Benoit who could get over and actually time that perfectly to take that. That should have been the end of the match. Yeah, really. I would. I would have called it right there too. Yeah. So Barbarian covers Benoit, but Mongo breaks it up. Then Ming tags in. Benoit gets chopped and choked. Barbarian tags back in, and Benoit is carried to the top rope. Benoit headbutts, uh, Benoit headbutts Barbarian off the top rope, but gets crotched by Ming. And then Barbarian does a super belly-to-belly on Benoit, who flew across the ring off the super to belly, belly-to-belly off the top turnbuckle. The Faces of Fear hit a double headbutt on Chris Benoit. Mongo breaks up the cover again, and now Shivante mentions, Shivani mentions that the one save rule on tag partner breakups has been eased upon. So now Mongo, anytime there's a cover, can run in and break it up. Now that rule, burn your tag. You should be get. You was, should be DQ'd after the that second, rule first time. Was so old that it hadn't been used in 30 years before that. So the fact that Shivani even brought it up was well, just I something think, for him to talk about. No, I think he brought it up because Mongo was doing it so much in this match. Like, you just don't... When it's done, when it's timed correctly, and it's 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 not one after the other, you don't notice it, but he had to point it out because Mongo's in there every single time yeah. breaking this up. Like, Well, that goes to show you how Mongo's a crappy wrestler. <laughs> well, and it sucks for Benoit. I mean, hey, Benoit has to keep getting his hey, ass kicked. Mongo's a great football player. Mongo sucks in the wrestling ring. So Barbarian vertical suplexes Benoit, and then Ming hits a splash off the top rope, covers him, but Mongo breaks it up again and, and decks him with the Halliburton, the, uh, the briefcase that had all the money in it to get him to sign with the four horsemen. He still carries it around, and uh, his wife... What's her name? Deborah. Deborah handed him the briefcase. And so Mongo. Deborah McMichaels. Deborah. I think it's just McMichael. They always got their name wrong, too. There's no S on it, I don't think. 
thought S- there was an S. Oh. Now I got to go consult <laughs> now Mongo <we're> <laughs> McMichael. No S. Okay. So the, the announcers would get Deborah. this wrong all the time. Deborah McMichaels. Now try that. No, no, no. Well, now it would be Deborah Marshall. It was just Mc, It was just McMichael. It was always just McMichael. They would just get okay. this wrong every time. Mongo hits Barbarian with the briefcase. Then Benoit comes off the top with a flying headbutt on Ming and gets the win. The Horsemen win in 9 minutes, 23 seconds, but Barbarian then decks Benoit with the briefcase, and the heels get all their heat back immediately, so you forget that they just lost the match. Yes. The Dungeon of Doom, who was sitting very patiently in their seats... Where was the security? They were out too busy guarding the giant. They allowed the Dungeon <laughs> of Doom to hop the, the barriers. They get in, and uh, someone pile drives Mongo. Someone gives Mongo a pile driver. Then Benoit fights Boss Man and Conan, and he does a pretty good job for a while, but he succumbs to the Dungeon of Doom's attacks. Deborah tries to take Steve Mongo away, but he's still knocked out in the middle of the ring. Taskmaster lights up Mongo with a few more Halliburton shots. Jared and Flair went to the hospital with Arn, so... They're just going to get their ass kicked here yeah. because the other horsemen are gone. Now, this is the start of a very controversial angle because Taskmaster tells Woman that he's the man, that he's still the man, and to look at Chris Benoit and that he sucks because he just got beat up. But this is the start of the reveal that well, Woman is Mrs. I'm, I'm, Sullivan, that I'm, Nancy Sullivan I is Kevin sp- Sullivan's wife. I want to spend time on this. I want to spend quite a bit of time on this. This was the first time that it was spilled out, that this angle, this real-life love triangle spilled out into the wrestling ring. This was Sullivan's own idea, because the Dungeon of Doom, now that we're in the era of, now that the NWO is on the scene and everything's based in reality, this was Sullivan's own idea to book marital discontent with his wife. And, oh, he's such a keeper of kayfabe that he would book hotel rooms with Chris and Nancy on the road to make make it look real. And guess what? It turned out to be real. It worked itself into a shoot, as Hulk Hogan would say. Was it a shoot beforehand or after? I think it was after. I don't think they were actually... He probably didn't start booking them hotel rooms no. together until after this. No. I think it was they were fooling around behind Chris... Behind Sullivan's back beforehand, and it just spilled over into the ring. A lot of people want to blame Kevin Sullivan and say that he had something to do with what happened in the tragic, tragic death of Chris Benoit, Nancy Benoit, and their son. And the fact that they... That's just wrestling fans wanting to talk crap. Plain and simple, that's people, you know, looking for realistics, looking for some way to to make wrestling drama and real life drama combine, but for it to combine into murder, that that's garbage. Uh, Kevin Sullivan had nothing to do with it. Let it go, people, please. Well, of course he had nothing to do with it, because if he was going to do something, he would have done it in 1997 when he actually got a divorce from Nancy Sullivan. But you see where I'm coming from on this topic. People, you type in Kevin Sullivan, Nancy Benoit, or Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit, it is all over the internet, oh my goodness, Kevin Sullivan killed them. That's bull. (laughs) I don't think... 
That is bull. I think people are just being trolls. Just, just, I'm just saying, like, let it, let it go for the love of God. Move on. It happened. I'm sorry it happened. It's a tragic loss. It, oh, yeah. It does not change the fact of what Chris Benoit accomplished in, in the ring. Chris Benoit was one of the most talented athletes, professional wrestlers ever to lace up a pair of boots. Is, has, and will forever be. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. Sorry. I just, it's, it, uh, Chris you, Benoit, and they're not in the same category, but talking about the Montreal screw job is about as appealing as talking about Chris Benoit to me. I just, there's nothing else to say about it. It speaks for itself. It's over. Yeah. And it's, I, I have nothing to add to that. So now we go to Ted DiBiase. He's still in the crowd. He could have let this guy get a break or something. <laughs> now it's time to take the tag team titles off of Harlem Heat. It's the Outsiders versus Harlem Heat. The Outsiders come through the crowd, and they have to walk slowly because the ring crew is still scraping up the horsemen out of the ring. And <laughs> Literally. So the camera is still sitting in the crowd. for. A, they have to go real slow down the stairs so they can uh, get that mess out of the ring. Tony tells us the NWO was ushered out after their earlier matches, so there definitely will absolutely not be any interference in the main event, Patrick. I mean, Tony Schiavone knows. None whatsoever. Absolutely. And I believe Tony Schiavone's word. Just like in the Doomsday Cage match, he said once the guys were eliminated, they would not be coming I back. I believe Tony Schiavone's word in professional wrestling He's to be He's never been wrong. He's never been wrong. Just whose like, side is he on? Just like Foley winning puts a lot of butts in seats, you know? Harlem Heat is out next. They're wearing flame jackets that have cut-up sleeves, so they wouldn't keep you very warm. No. Despite having flames on them, they are cut-up jackets. They they look terrible. <laughs> Na- Nash is out. I say he looks in the best shape of his career here. Looks really great. We get diesel chants breaking out, and you know why we are having these is because last month in the WWF was the debut of Glenn Jacobs. And Rick Bogner as Fake Deezer and Fake Razel. So Razor. So now you have Fake Diesel and Fake Razor in the WWF at the same time as the Outsiders. Woo, mind blown. Yeah. But the crowd, they're on to it, they're buddy. They're on to it. They've called on. So they chant Diesel. Uh, who? Okay, and who was it that did Razor now? Rick Bogner. What he, the hell Hall of Famer. He, really? Well, well, because they put in Razor Ramon. They didn't put in Scott Hall. They put in Razor Ramon. Kevin Nash, oh. Kevin Nash is in as Kevin Come Nash. Come that's you put the gimmick bull. in the Hall of Fame. That's bull. You didn't put the person. That's bull. So congrats, Rick Bogner. What did he, what else did he wrestle as? He was I've famous ne- in Japan. Okay. Before that. After that, <laughs> he was famous for nothing. He was out of the industry. But. That's what I mean. I I had not seen him beforehand or since, so I didn't know. And he didn't. that gimmick didn't stick around long either. So. Turns out it didn't work. Yeah, but no. they never treated it as real. They they shit on it as soon as it <laughs> happened over there. And that was JR's big heel turn, too. That was so JR's big heel turn. Heel JR didn't last too long either. I never told you it was going to be Hall and Nash. I just said it was going to be Diesel and Razor. We own their copyrights. <laughs> That's just stuff Vince wanted to say. So uh, Proceed. Proceed, sir. Uh, Hall and Nash, before the match starts, they hold up the belts and the crowd cheers for this. So, I mean, they're just cool guys. You can't help but root they're, for they're these guys. They're cool dudes, man. They are cool guys. Scott Hall's going to start the match. He throws the toothpick at Booker T. Better be careful throwing that toothpick around. Vince is going to sue him, you know. That's that's <laughs> Razor Ramon's characteristic there. A fight breaks out in the crowd, so the crowd is distracted at the start of this match. So, off camera, two fans to 
I guess we're arguing about the NWO. The and, beer was flowing at yeah. WCW shows. What happened in Vegas stayed, stayed in the, <laughs> Stayed in Vegas and at Halloween Havoc. Uh, the crowd cheers when they take away the guy in handcuffs, I assume, because they, after <laughs> after they watched for a while, they cheered. And it actually distracted the guys in the ring a little bit. <laughs> the match stopped pretty much to watch Yeah, it. they were kind of looking at the side <laughs> of their eyes like, hey, I want to see what's going on, too. Uh, Booker levels Hall with one of his signature... Super kick type sidekick things that he does. Hall hits him with some big right hands, those big closed fist right hands that should be DQs. Booker hip tosses Hall to the outside. This allows Stevie Ray to tag in. Oh boy. Now, this is where this match would turn into a shoot fight with me because Hall spits on Stevie Ray. Oh. If you spit on me, I'm coming I'm decking you. I'm telling you right now, if I'm in the ring and I. If I'm in the ring wrestling and you spit on me, it's on. I just think that's gross, man. There's nothing to, you know, nothing uh, forgives that. For there's me. some there's some guys that think doing stuff like that's going to get you fired up, but that's just going to piss me off. So Hall spits on Stevie Ray, and then he tags in Nash. So you're going to spit on me and not even fight me like a man. So Nash does his five moves of doom. He hits the knees in the corner. <laughs> he, and he never learned anymore. Nash does his knees in the corner on Stevie Ray and then the back elbow. The, you know, I'm going to frame you up and hit you with an elbow. Right. Stevie Ray hits him with a clothesline and spits on Hall. I say five moves of doom for Nash. Well, Stevie Ray's two moves of doom. Stevie Ray hits him with a clothesline and then he spits on Hall, but not as good as Hall spit on him. He gets Nash in the corner and stomps a mud hole in him. Sherry interferes for a minute and rakes Nash's eyes. Then Booker T tags in and hits a scissors kick. Stevie Ray tags back in to get a sidewalk slam from Nash. Then Hall gets the tag. We get a bulldog off the top rope on Stevie Ray for a two count. Then Booker tags in with a flying forearm. He gets a two count. Then Nash tags in. We get a big boot to Booker followed by Snake Eyes. And then Hall's in. He gets the choke slam on Booker T. Stevie Ray breaks the cover. And then Scott Hall catches Booker with the fallaway slam. You know what comes next. No, you don't because he didn't do it this match. No outsider's edge for this crowd. Nope. Sherry distracts Hall, who does the Rick Rude throw my sweat at you on Sherry. And she doesn't like that. And she slaps him. And then Scott Hall sexually assaults Sherry <laughs> when he kisses her. And she falls down from the apron from that. Colonel Parker is livid with this development. Someone kissed his wife in front of him. Uh, Colonel Parker has to run over and console Sherry from this kiss. We get a Razor Ramon chant. Hall puts Booker in a sleeper. The crowd boos this when Booker reverses it with a sleeper of his own. Then he gets crotched on the ropes. Now Nash and Stevie uh, Nash and Stevie Ray await the hot tags. They finally get them. Stevie Ray batters the outsiders. He press slams Hall into Nash. Nash is clothesline over the top rope. Booker hits the Harlem Hangover on Hall. But the ref is distracted with Booker T trying to get him out of the ring. He's doing his job. He's doing his job. Nash tussles with Colonel Parker. He steals the cane very easily and batters Stevie Ray with it. Hall rolls over and covers Stevie Ray for the win, the tag team championship in 13 minutes and 7 seconds. Did he hand it to him or did he steal it from him? Exactly. That's it. That I is, think Colonel Parker I'm just joined ready, the NWO. I'm ready for that argument right here, right now. Did he hand it to him or did he steal it? It really looked like he just handed he it to handed him. He handed it to him, man. That was... that. He didn't even put Come up... Come on, man. You can put up... 
I was a fake fight. I was singing your praises against Medusa on the last pay per view. <laughs> yeah, the star like, of, of Uncensored dude. I was singing your praises, and then you screw up and just hand over. Nash is so intimidating. It wasn't a fight. Like it wasn't a no a struggle. No, it was like here you go, <laughs> and hands it to him open handed. Just. Oh my God! Congrats to Colonel Parker for joining the New World Order. <laughs> you, yeah, you th- seeing this? You think so? Well, he didn't join the New World Order. He just didn't put up a fight. He just—it was terrible. It you was know, bad. If someone, <laughs> if someone tries to take my cane from me, I mean, I need that to walk. That's like taking a man's wheelchair. Okay. Well, it goes back to what's the Southern guy and dressed in all white coming out having oh, I know. two white guys. I know. I got the same vibe when they walked out. I thought, you know, I could probably mention this, but it's just too obvious. It's just too obvious that this wasn't, the plantation this, this owner wasn't is walking plan, out. Yeah, no. This this is nothing to do with the Civil War whatsoever. It is, it's odd. He should have at least, like how Sherry, whoever she managed, she would change her look to go with them. Yeah. He could have at least had a do-rag or whatever and like... <laughs> Gone, you know, like he went to Harlem or whatever. But no, he just stays plantation owner. <laughs> he stayed in gimmick and like, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, just who, who who thought that that would be a good idea? That's what I really want to know. WCW man, just like I really want to talk with Eric and just be like, dude, who really thought? You realize this, what this looks like? Yeah. yeah. Well, the Colonel gave up the cane pretty easily, and so we've got new tag team champions. World War Three promo, can't wait. 60 men battle royal, how could that be wrong? We'll have to see that another time. Then we go to Hogan, he's in the crowd with the Giant, who was, I thought, escorted out of the building, taken home. You know, this is where you don't trust Shivani. Hogan is in the crowd, and he has Sting's old haircut. He does. He's got his Three Ninjas wig over his bald head. That's not head. a wig. That's, he grew hair off the top of his head. You think that until later on in the match when <laughs> it's uh, proven to be incorrect. He's got a bandana, sunglasses on, and short hair. He looks completely different. <laughs> he really does. And it's weird that he... Well, he mentions he's out in Hollywood and that you know Santa and Muscles will be out on VHS pretty soon. And Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas is what he was taping, but oh, okay. he was promoting multiple things. He's Hollywood. He you know? is. He is Hollywood to the T. Now, this is where things get a little clusterfucked here. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That's almost like a haircut that Sting used to have. No, it's not Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. It's Hollywood. Hollywood, brothers. Maybe those are just nerve ends. Yo, NWOites, I just got done with my brand new Three Ninja movie. On November 8th, my brand new movie, Santa with Muscles, opens up, brother. And I got tired of body slamming Hollywood this week. So I decided to come back one more time and body slam a long lost lovesick puppy named the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah! There's only one thing left to say NWO rules, and it's time for Hollywood! Well, here it comes. 
must have used a half a gallon of Rogaine. All right, we do understand. We do understand that Hall and Nash have been escorted out of the building due to an altercation with Doug Gellinger and WCW personnel. So they're out of here. They're yeah, gone. True, but he take the titles with them, and let's go to Michael Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Slim Jim WCW Halloween Havoc. And the featured match of the evening. This match is sanctioned by the WCW, the NWO, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Your referee assigned is Randy Anderson. This is for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? WCW, NWO fans, are you ready? With the thousands in attendance here in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand and the millions watching around the world, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Already in the ring, in the company of the NWO Super Big Man, the Giant, and his personal advisor, Mr. Ted DiBiase. We have one of the world's most famous athletes, wearing black, trimmed with white. He weighs 269 and one half pounds. He now resides in Hollywood, California. And he now is the leader and point man for the New World Order. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the heavyweight champion of the world, Hollywood, Hope, Hogan. I can only look at him and think about where this man is going. How far he is from. I didn't think the sewer was that deep. Okay. <laughs> Hogan, I guess, had not paid attention to how WCW does ring entrances for the past, I don't know, he's been there almost three years at this point. Michael Buffer is there. But instead of waiting for Buffer, Hogan says, it's Hogan time, and starts walking down, and the NWO theme plays, and so I wrote down in my notes, oh, Buffer must not be here. Right. But then Michael Buffer, while the ring music, the NWO music is playing, starts his little thing, his ready to rumble pre-build. He does it while the NWO theme is playing, so you paid Michael Buffer six figures. I mean, he probably lives in, thank goodness they were in Las Vegas, so he didn't have to fly. He probably lives there since he does all that boxing stuff. He's got like he got a hundred thousand dollars, and you're playing music over Michael Buffer over what you're paying him to do. And so the ready to rumble is totally watered down. Like oh, it yeah. totally loses its value. Okay, so oh, he mentions they have the Nevada Commission. Yeah. Guess who owned the Nevada? Or well, a member, a prominent member of the Nevada State Commission at this time was a man named uh, Lorenzo Fertitta, who would go on to buy the UFC and recently sold it for four billion dollars. So just a strange, it all connects. It all connects. Kind of thing. Okay. So while Buffer is trying to do let's get ready to rumble in the ring, Hogan eventually makes his way into the ring. The NWO music's still playing, 
but Buffer's not done getting through Hogan's. He's still he's still talking up Hogan as Hogan's already in the ring. Okay, so whoever's working the theme music then hits Macho Man's music while he's well, still talking Hogan about is, yeah. Hogan, and then they have to awkwardly cut Macho Man's music off and so let, that Buffer can finish. Yeah, so they really fucked this up. Side note. What's this? What's the champ doing coming out first? Well, okay. How do I explain this kayfabe wise? Since he's an NWO wrestler and he's not contracted to WCW, they couldn't really guarantee that he'd even be there. Why would he even show? They have no guarantee that he'll even show up to defend this belt. You know, just saying. Why is the champ coming out first? So good point, though. Okay. Boo. Yeah. By the way, the belt, I think the giant was carrying the belt down. Hogan didn't yeah, even Hogan care for didn't his even, belt. He didn't even have his hands on it. So Hogan gets in the ring, he tears off his shirt, but he keeps his sunglasses, his wig, and his bandana on. That's, he got hair transplant. That's not a wig. I'm telling you. So then we get Macho Man's shitty theme music hits again. <laughs> now it's time for him to come out. And with his intro, it's not as bad, but he stops, goes off to the side. And starts waving. Waving like, come on. Yeah. He's in his Halloween-themed orange and black yeah. Slim Jim tights because it says snap into it is in his stripes and his pants. But yeah. orange and black for Halloween, too. So it's okay. two birds with one stone. Right. So he walks off to the side, and he's just waiting for something. What could he be waiting for? A good, like, minute and a half. Where this isn't just a, hey, come on, awkward little pause. He's waiting a long time. Yes, he's waiting for the Slim Jim Macho Man monster truck. The to, one? The one that Tony Schiavone swears was won by a fanner. This is someone else's property. Right. But. But we learn later on. We'll, we'll get to that. Macho Man grabs a mic and he tells Hogan that his cronies need to leave so he can kick Hogan's ass. So Giant, th- this referee, I think it's Randy Anderson, does get Giant to leave. But allows Ted DiBiase to stay for some reason. Well, Ted's only management in WCW. So. Oh, he's got his managerial he has license. His managerial license. He's allowed to be there. Okay, so the match is going to start, and Hogan, yes, is going to wrestle in this wig, bandana, and sunglasses. <laughs> As for any ass kicking that occurs, it does not happen in this match. This is this is like a Roadrunner Wiley Coyote cartoon come to life. This is the. There's no wrestling in this wrestling match <laughs> that will be occurring. None. So the match starts. Hogan immediately, he's going to run away. And he tiptoes around the ring and he runs around the ring. Doesn't want to get anywhere near Macho Man. Now the fans, they get a Macho Man chant going. They want to see Macho Man win this belt. So finally Hogan does get back into the ring. Macho Man wants to go in the corner and do the corner punches. But Randy Anderson... Sort of turns heel here and stops Macho Man from punching Hulk Hogan in the corner. So the one time they're going to engage, no, 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 Macho, no, you can't come over here. So that gets cut off. And then this is where Tony mentions, oh, by the way, that monster truck, yeah, that's a great monster truck, but it's not the one we gave to a fan. We gave a street legal version to the fan. I think this fan has a case for... You know, bait and switch. Bait and switch, absolutely, because you know I don't know the dictionary definition of a monster truck, but if they say you win a monster truck, that's thing, a monster truck. I mean, yeah, and they didn't show the one that the fan actually won. No. So what did this fan even win? Probably He's, just a regular. It was like Ford an S ten one fifty or yeah, 
I don't even think it was a full-size truck. I think it was maybe it's like a Slim Jim delivery van or something, you know? <laughs> they put a savage hat on top of it. So that Joan woman, I bet she was pissed. <laughs> she told all her friends, by the way, what would you do with that stupid monster truck? You'd be I, the only asshole on the block. I would love to I have it. I knew it. I knew it. I would love to have it. Joan, if you're out there and you still have your monster truck, I, I would love to have it. She didn't get that one. <laughs> I would take the straight legal version and I would drive it around town. I actually, the first time I watched this pay-per-view not too long ago, I was curious, where did this truck end up? Because it had a Macho Man hat on it. How could you miss this fucking thing? Right. It's got to be somewhere, but no one can find the Macho Man truck. It never competed. It never competed in Monster Jam. This was no, just a... No, it didn't. It was a, it was a look like... It, it was, was a display. A, yeah. Display only. Yes. Unlike the Hogan truck, which Hogan, actually Medusa, you had, you had Goldberg. Sting, you had Goldberg's truck. You had Sting's truck. So back to the match, in quotation marks. Hogan, he just walks around the ring. And sometimes he'll slide in the ring, and then he'll just get back out of the ring. He, he's just breaking the count. Just doing, He's getting in on his time. He'll fight when he's ready. That's right. He's the champion. That's right. The crowd, despite the lack of action, is still invested in this match yes. for whatever reason. And Hogan, he does a good job of being scared, scaredy cat Hogan. He play—I mean, he plays it too well, almost. Macho Man finally hits an axe handle smash, and he steals Hogan's glasses. But unlike Rikishi, who breaks out and dances when sunglasses don his head, Macho Man, he's gonna batter Hulk Hogan with he gets those fired sunglasses. Up. Hogan. Sells having the glasses stolen. He freaks out. He begs for forgiveness for Macho Man taking those sunglasses. And so Macho Man grabs Hogan by the head, and Hogan gets away again because, Patrick, I hate to break it to you, Hogan's full head of hair, it was a wig. It wasn't hair transplant? No. It was a wig? It it looked so natural. It did. It looked really... Even though Hogan had been bald for... 20 years I believed this. it was real. So, the wig is stolen from Macho Man, and instead of just throwing it to the side, this sweaty-ass wig, this is the grossest part. <laughs> Savage puts it on his head, the one he stole from Hogan. And so now he has a skunk head. He has a blonde <laughs> middle part, and then his onion hair his onion around hair. it with his sunglasses. <laughs> So Macho Man fights him in this hilarious get-up for a few minutes, chases him out of the ring. Uh, Hogan teases leaving again. He's ready to go home. And Macho Man stuffs his toupee into Hogan's mouth. <laughs> Tony reiterates that Hall and Nash were sent home. We will definitely not have any interference in this match, Patrick. None whatsoever. Randy Anderson lets Macho Man hit Hogan with a chair. That's nice. We're going to have a winner. He lets him hit it once, but then he tries a second time. No. No, yeah. don't take advantage of my kindness, Macho Man. Exactly. Don't don't I'll give you a little, but don't take a lot. And then to be fair, he let Hogan hit Macho Man one time with the chair as well. He's calling it he's calling it right down the middle. He's like he's he's being fair, not just NWO WCW. Very awkward moment. Hogan crotches Macho Man on the ring barrier and kisses him on the head. Then we get Miss Elizabeth, who was actually the storyline of this feud. She finally decides to walk out to the ring. She's in gold and pink, so she's in neutral colors here. That was the exact same dress she wore for the Mega Powers at SummerSlam. I believe it was 88. Wow. It's cool that she could still fit in it. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty good. 
So Hogan sees Miss Elizabeth. He bosses her around. And while he's bossing her around, he gets rolled up for a two count in the ring. Yes. Then Macho Man pulls Hogan's pants down so that the crowd can see his ass. Thank you for that. This is uncensored. This is what we should have gotten on uncensored. And what's funny is they keep the camera on Elizabeth. She's supposed to be torn between these two men of hers. When she sees Hogan's ass, she starts laughing. Because it's legitimately funny to see Hulk Hogan's bare ass for a minute. Then Hogan hides behind Elizabeth to hide from Macho. Macho finally hits a scoop slam on Hogan. Hogan hides behind Liz again. And he shoves her into Macho Man and then punches Macho Man in the head. Get in the ring. Hogan gets the big boot. But Liz covers Macho Man, saves him from the big leg. Yeah. But whose side is she on? Well, we never find out. Hogan muscles her into the corner. You know, stay out of this. Stay out of this, Miss Elizabeth. And then Hogan tries the big leg again. But whoop! Swing and a miss. Ted DiBiase then hands him something. But Liz takes it away. You're not going to cheat that much, Hogan. That's right. I think if you're an idiot and you don't realize which side Liz is on, you should by now. Hogan nails Randy Anderson and Macho Man, which means Q Nick Patrick. <laughs> who, Nick, who runs down to the ring? A man with a broken neck <laughs> hoofs it down to the ring. And Mark Curtis comes out too, but yeah. Mark Curtis just leaves. He, he's more interested in saving Randy well, he Anderson. He was told by Nick Patrick to leave. Oh, okay. Remember they said. Well, he's not his boss. Nick Patrick's head of the refs. Senior referee. He's senior referees. He's mm. head of the refs. So. Savage hits a scoop slam, and then he hits the big elbow off the top. Nick Patrick goes in for the cover. One, One two, two, and then. Oh, um, my neck. <laughs> the neck. The oh, neck stops the three count. This darn neck. Oh, it's terrible. Savage shoves him down. And decides to beat him up and rip his shirt off. <laughs> he did. He's assaulting Nick Patrick now. Hogan tries to hit Savage with the object, but Savage blocks it, and it's Hogan with it. Savage goes upstairs for another elbow, but this time Ted DiBiase stops him. Then Giant, who was already banned from ringside, runs out. He wants to chokeslam Macho right away, but Macho says, I- I'd like to be chokeslammed over there, please. So they move over to the side of the ring instead of in the front of it. And Macho Man gets chokeslammed very gently onto the ring mats yes. on the outside of the ring. Rolls him in. Hogan's still out from being hit with the object earlier. Tony says, we have been ripped off. That's good. Tell your paying audience they've just been ripped off. Giant rolls Hogan onto Macho Man. Nick Patrick counts the three. His neck suddenly doesn't bother him, Patrick. In a one, two, three. And Hulk Hogan keeps his WCW NWO World Heavyweight Championship in 17 17- 37. Yes. What's there to say about this match other than how disappointing it is? Because I, this is their one real match in WCW. I enjoyed it. It was entertainment. There wasn't much wrestling. It was a gimmick entertainment match. It's a plunder match without plunder. It yes. shouldn't. This shouldn't be your world title match. I hate to say this, but Dean Malenko should have a world title match. on the. I mean, swap these two matches. Forget the standing of the wrestlers involved. Yeah. This should be the match that opens a card. A comedy. All right, yeah. A comedy angle, basically, of a match. I mean, Hogan, it was entertaining. I, I can't say that, you know, for a match with no wrestling in it, 
it, it was perfect. Yeah. But if you wanted a wrestling match, if you wanted to see Hogan get his comeuppance, if you wanted to see Macho Man ascend to the top of this company, if you wanted any of that to happen, you'd have to be disappointed. Well, and believe it or not, Hogan could actually wrestle. He could wrestle great matches. Over in Japan, I've seen him do it. I've seen video footage of it. When he got over here, he got lazy as hell, and he didn't put on half of the crap he could actually do. Well, this was even less than normal Hogan right. output. Yeah, I didn't even get a back rake. No, not you didn't a single get, back rake. Or you didn't get a belt taken off. He didn't off. take his weight belt off. He, he, I mean, it was it was a bad Hogan match. He didn't put his work boots on. He didn't. On this he day, he showed up just to play around. In hindsight, it's even worse because. Okay, Macho Man's contract was up. That's why they rushed this match. Macho Man wanted some time off from the company and didn't know if he'd even re-sign. He didn't know if he wanted to keep wrestling. So when he comes back next year, of course, because every wrestler always comes back, he joins the NWO! Yes. Spoiler alert. And also, what also makes that shitty is the Giant did the same thing a few months earlier when he lost the world title to Hogan only to join the NWO a month or two later. Yeah, in Chattanooga. Here in Chattanooga at the UTC McKenzie Arena. On Monday Nitro. On Monday Nitro. It's really, if you can't beat them, join them. And that, believe it or not, that was kind of the, the, that's the way it's been worded throughout the history. That's Hogan and Macho Man's life story together. Yeah. It's disgusting that Hogan inducted Macho into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What an asshole. What a guy that's just, get out of the fucking spotlight for one minute. Yeah, no, I agree, because it's, I'm with you 100%. We said it even in the, uh... Hot Dogger and Grandstander. Yeah, even when we were talking about Uncensored. It's, he... It's, uh, it's, it's always got to be about Hogan, and uh, when it came to those two. And unfortunately, I would much rather see Savage over Hogan any day of the week. Everybody would. Every wrestling fan would. There's not... Maybe in the origin, in the mega powers explode when Hogan when when Hulkamania was still not so you know we're sick of this you know yeah but by this point Macho didn't even need to win the belt here he could have this could have still been a shit finish and and Macho Man at least come out looking strong yeah you know yeah and also there's no resolution with Elizabeth no there's no resolution with anything and and Macho Man looks like a chump. Because you actually see him getting carried off, basically, to the back. Yeah. Before the real main event starts, which is... <laughs> you hear bagpipe music. Yes, Hogan's in the ring. He's got his belt. He's with the Giant. And DiBiase's on the outside of the ring. They're celebrating. Bagpipe music hits. Bagpipe hits. Uh, yeah, bagpipe music hits, and it's like a ghost from mm-hmm. Hogan's past. It really is. And the crowd goes freaking nuts. And... Shivani sells this great. No, you can't. No, it couldn't be. And, who else would have? Who and, else and, ever came out and with bagpipes? Dusty, I love Dusty. Dusty. No, baby, it can't be him. And sure enough, the one and only. We just lost the him. rowdy one. We just lost him. A true legend. The rowdy one. Rowdy Roddy Piper. A true legend. Unfortunately, this was not a good outing for him or Hogan. 
on the microphone. <laughs> no. I know that Piper every Piper will live on forever for being so great on the mic, but he's had some duds. This one was a dud. This was a big, big, big dud. This was a who can this piss was, better contest. That's This was a straight pissing contest with the microphone. You know how we always argue about scripted promos? This should have been scripted because this <laughs> got off on a tangent. And they couldn't – all they needed to say was – I want to fight you. I want to fight you at, at Starcade. It ended up being at Starcade, but I want to fight you somewhere down the road. That's all. The, that's the message that needs to be communicated. Except we went back to WrestleMania promoting the other company. Yes. <laughs> not, not only that, Patrick. It's not only hey, remember what we did in this other company a million years ago. It's also who's the bigger movie star. Now we're now we're just arguing over our dick size. <laughs> I told you it was a pissing contest. It really was, and and, and I, I just say <laughs> Rowdy's had some clunkers because okay, remember that weird WrestleMania one he had with when he Piper's pit with Austin that was just so bizarre, and then Carlito came out. Yeah, that was a dud when he was in there with Robert Mor- Robert Downey, not Robert Downey. Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. Downey Jr. The cigar- See, I love that, that one actually. I love that one with the uh, with the the fire extinguisher. I enjoyed just, that one. He just had a lot of duds, but he did have yeah. He had more hits than misses, but this was a big. This mess. was a, this one was uh this was an Ultimate Warrior Hogan later on another year or so WCW miss as well. This this one was bad. Well, uh, I mean, the purpose is bring back these guys so that they can finally lose to me. This is Hogan saying, Bischoff, we need Piper in here. I mean, Piper was in the in the Fed earlier in the year. He was just at WrestleMania 12 with Gold Dust. That's right. He was the commissioner before Commissioner Slaughter took that very prestigious he job. He took over for Gorilla Monsoon. That's after. right. Gorilla got it back, and then it was uh, yeah. then it was Slaughter. But So, yeah, he hadn't been out of wrestling very long, and I'm sure Hogan said, oh, I'll make some money with this guy. I can beat him eventually, you know. But... So yeah, this is a rambling promo. I'll cut, I'll just include it in here. I don't want to recap it, but it goes off. It just yeah. All you need to do is communicate that we're gonna have a match, and and then it's like, hey, all I want you to do, hey Hulk Hogan, all I want you to do is tell me that I'm a bigger star as you. And then Hogan's like, okay, yeah, you are a bigger star as me. And then Piper starts to leave, and then he's like, yeah, but when you go to the bathroom, you're gonna squat. And then Piper can't let that stand. And then, oh, by the way, we're out of fucking time. And we leave with Piper picking up the belt. And like, oh, giant Hogan's leaving. But then Piper picks up the belt. Look what you forgot. You're the world champion. Why the hell do you forget the title? No, no one cares about these belts tonight. Flair like, didn't seriously. care about the <laughs> Like, seriously. Carry some pride with that damn belt. Even DiBiase or somebody could have <laughs> grabbed it. But, yeah. Like, yeah. And then you hear Hogan goes, oh, now we've got a problem. And him and Giant corner him, Piper in the ring. And that's when they close. Because the thing. That's when they, know, they ran out of time. <laughs> they <laughs> ran the fuck out of which time. Which never happens. In <laughs> wrestling and pay-per-views, you're usually like, oh, this could go to 11. It's off at 1035. Yeah. This one almost ran over <laughs> for no reason. And, oh, by the way. By the way, this segment, why couldn't you fucking do this on Nitro? <laughs> right? <laughs> Nitro! You could have started it off with Hogan the very next night in yeah, the ring, gloating, about, macho, gloating about beating Macho, all that crap, and have Piper come out. The place, that would have been the... It's all about popping the rating! That would, exactly. 
Yeah, no. You made a Monday Night War. I know. You've already paid for this. Let's give you something special for something you've already paid for. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. I no. I agree with you, hundred and ten percent. This is on, and this isn't. A couple of years later was the year, the infamous time they ran over, and the the main the title match. No one saw it because it got cut off. It got cut off. So they had already yep. gotten almost. I mean, they had to cut this one off without a resolution. Yeah. So you have that happen two years prior, and you still fucking let it happen two years later with Goldberg and DDP. Yeah. They just never learn. No. They just and, never and learn. Unfortunately, that was a that was one of the major downfalls to WCW. Yeah, they had to refund everyone's money. At least this wasn't advertised. Yeah. Because if it was advertised, You'd been I'd want my money back. Yeah. Because I didn't get to see the resolution. Right. The promo was clearly not done yet. Oh, yeah, no. So, yeah. A bunch of fuck. Overall, how do, what do you think of this Halloween Havoc 96? It was it wasn't bad. It wasn't the best. It had best. highs and lows. It had highs and it had lows. That's a, yeah. But everything does, I guess. So. It, yeah. It was uh, um I wouldn't this isn't a great pay-per-view for its match quality. No. And it's in-ring wrestling. No. This is a just a WCW pay-per-view. Well, Malenko Mysterio. If you're going to watch one match on the card, that's yeah. all you need to watch. Yeah. It's a one-match show. Yeah. As far as match quality. But I I was entertained from Hogan and Savage. I'm not gonna lie, even though it there were no there were no moves. No. There were no none. There was nothing going on, but they still made it entertaining in their own Sick, way. Weird way, yeah. No, you're now right. would I is that good enough to be the main event of any show? No. But it it was okay. Uh it had no like I said, I wish that they had ha- wrapped it up with uh Elizabeth and Hogan and Macho Man a little more neatly yeah. than just he disappears for a while with just no ex- – and then he comes back and jo- joins the people he was just feuding with. but Then leaves again. Right, and right comes, after he joins the Wolf Pack. He has to leave because he's injured. And comes back with the entourage of women. Gorgeous George. Good friend the of, ladies. Good friend of mine, Gorgeous George and Molly Holly and uh, Medusa. So, Yeah. So overall on this scale, this is a hard one to judge, Patrick. This one is. This is one of the reasons why I picked it cuz it was it's kind of it was a roller coaster of a pay-per-view. What is on the scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez? What is your pick? I am going to give this one. Well, they bill his height at 6 feet, but I don't think he's that tall. I'm going to call this one a just incredible just incredible but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't incredible just incredible it wasn't that's... even it was Justin something if there was a wrestler called Justin something that's what I would pick but yeah just incredible's height of six his build height of six feet tall I guess I'm gonna give it to Shawn Michaels at five nine his build height is six one I believe so I'm gonna go with yeah a... his build height is six one look at you so yeah. but he he actually is five five nine five ten and so. I think just incredible shorter than that yeah so. so I'm gonna give it to Shawn Michaels wow so. you should you could at least at least give it a shit wrestler you know that's still the same height <laughs> I mean instead of the greatest in ring performer <laughs> of an entire generation but needless to say uh, would you recommend someone actually watching this show yes. I'm going to give this a uh, thumbs in the middle. 
So you're, uh, you're going to keep the – not a plus or minus. You're going to keep it dead middle. I wouldn't go out of your way to find this one. Okay. If you miss this one, it's okay. It's okay. You didn't miss much. The next night on Nitro, if you just watch the Nitros and skip this one, you don't miss a thing. <laughs> Other than the, the cruiserweight belt changing hands. That's the only thing. And the thing. tag titles changed, but, I mean, even then, that was a Harlem Heat cluster. was always a, a transitional championship. They, they, do, they would have the belt just to lose it to somebody. They would win yeah. it. Well, I mean, I guess everybody does. That's stupid. I'm cutting that. That's stupid. It just hold, hold, I just want it just to lose it. Well, that's everybody. No one's been the champion for... So, here we are. Here we are. Another week. Week Another nine. Another week. Week nine. Hold on. Week eight. How many have I, we done of these? RetroWrestlingPodcast.com We have done seven of these. This is week eight. We just wrapped week eight. We just wrapped week eight. So, where are you taking us for episode nine? I am going to go easy on us this week. All right. Because I, these can be like homework to me, and I like to procrastinate with my homework. But that's why I'm going to give us an episode that's only an hour long. So without commercials. Only an hour? It'll only be about 45 minutes of total watching time. Wow. Yes, I'm going to go easy on us. Where are you taking us then? We are going back to January 11th, 1993, in the WWF, the very first episode of Monday Night Raw, a landmark in not only television history, but world history. So this is a first. We're not even going to, we're not even doing a pay-per-view. We're doing a Monday Night Raw. Yes. Wrestling, I mean, we did Clash of the Champions, so. Yeah. No, the reason I'm picking this one is because I've never seen it. Uh, I really? Only, I've never seen the first Raw. That's I, shocking. Well, I'd seen the first Nitro, and yeah. you know the first Nitro is talked about because it's Mall of America. It's Lex Luger's debut. I don't right. hear anything about the first Raw episode, really. It's, it, yeah. Is that for a reason, yeah. Patrick? Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah. Sure. Why not? It only take you forty five minutes this week, so you can't complain too much. No, I'm not. I lo- I enjoy. It. You know me; it's wrestling. I'll watch anything. So I mean, I, I was thinking about holding this one for next year's whatever twenty seventh anniversary of Raw. What are we up to now? They debuted ninety three, so this would be twenty twenty fourth birthday would be next year. Right. I guess I could have saved it for that, but that's just let's get this out of the way. I actually kind of thought about doing the second episode of Raw instead because. Everyone goes back and looks at firsts of stuff or last. Well, but the just a random second episode. The which one was it that Waltman, the one two three kid, beat Scott Hall? Scott Hall. That was that the third, wasn't it? I think it was even later than that. I think that was in like ninety four sometime. No, it was in the first ten episodes of Raw. So four months into, so it was a little outside of the ten, the the ten episode mark. It was episode probably 12 or 13. In that match where the one two three kid upset Razor Ramon, that was only a 2-minute and 12-second match. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like a full match. No. That's what made it such the major upset. Was It's just it's Scott Hall whooping his ass, and he climbs up, hits a moonsault, and the place went freaking nuts because he held him for three count. <laughs> and, I mean... The kid was going berserk. He couldn't believe it. The place went nuts. Plus, you had the return that exact night of 
Marty Jannetty. So that was a that was a good that was a good raw that you know we'll have to hit we'll have to hint back on that raw. But oh, forget you, that raw. You picked the very first Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean the show hasn't changed at all in uh, twenty. 23 plus years it's pretty much the same show so <laughs> it should be no different than watching it on tomorrow night so. that's right so well do you have anything else to add before we get out of here who is your pick in the wwe world heavyweight title match this tuesday night aj styles or james ellsworth Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh man i'm going with james ellsworth my heart says James Ellsworth. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to make AJ look that weak as a champion. I mean, because once he gets beat by a monster like James Ellsworth, who do you feud with James Ellsworth? I mean, there's nobody in his league. No, he's the top guy. I mean, he'd have to fight like Mikey from the Spirit Squad. or He loves, and he loves Retro Wrestling Podcast. Of course he does. He has told me that personally himself. We're good friends. Any two men with a podcast have a fighting chance. That's what he always said to me growing up on the Ellsworth farm <laughs> back there. No, in all seriousness, sir, I am I am good friends with James Ellsworth, and I do wish him luck. I enjoy his success. I love being able to tune in and see a friend of mine on Nitro, on Nitro, <laughs> on Raw and SmackDown. Uh I do wish him a lot of luck. Uh, well, next week he, on, he on the show, it. we may have a celebration party. We may have a celebration. I we may, can look back at we, all the James Ellsworth We may have here. to get James to do a call-in at some point in time. Well, I mean, well, he'll be doing a lot of press uh, as the champion. I mean, he'll be booked fine. on the Today Show, Yeah, Good Morning America. I don't know that he's going to be he's, available. Nikki's going to leave John for him. <laughs> so, That's what should be, actually... He'll you, be on Total Bellas here pretty soon. That so. should be on the line in every match for the champion is that you get John Cena's girlfriend even when you're not wrestling him well so that there does it that's it that's it we did it another episode of the retro wrestling podcast until next week I'm intern Alex and I am the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history Patrick Young saying as always my closing line's a clothesline bingo bango we did it again what is that? What's this all about? What's this music? What is this? There's no other match schedule. Sounds like what? I'm going to tell you what it sounds like, boys. There's a big old chill bump running up and down my spine right now. I'm starting to get the bumps. I think I know what you're talking about. Sounds like bagpipes to me. Oh, no. you look at this? Yes. You know who that is. My goodness. It's Roddy, Roddy Piper. No doubt about it. Out of nowhere, look at Hulk Hogan's face. That's one man Hogan does not want to see. That's one man who has haunted Hogan's life since he started in this business. That's right, get behind the giant chicken. He wants no part of Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. And once again, WCW has just shocked the world. Don't even think about it.
High. So you're bored, are you? I've come here to break your monotony. Hey, Sprout! Sprout! Why don't you just head back with a Jolly Green Giant and take a break? Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you know what, uh, Mr. Piper? There's a big lack of communication here because when I said that I made wrestling, when I said that I own wrestling and I control wrestling, now that I really think about it, I remember that you and I were running neck and neck. Why don't you shut up for a second? It's my turn. Be careful. I am not here to represent the WCW, the NWA, the SPCA, the SOB, although I can be one SOB when I want to be. Be careful. Be real careful. Yeah, I made a lot of money being real careful. <laughs> I'll tell you something there, Charlie Brown. You've been saying that if it wasn't for you, professional wrestling wouldn't be what it is today. Boy, do I got news for you. I come to you for a reality check there, partner. I come because, you see, I'm just as big an icon in this sport as you are. I am just as big a Hollywood movie star as you are. You know, let me have my piece because I'm shooting with this one, folks. I don't care, man. I'm a multi-millionaire, too. I started fighting pro when I was 15 years old. I've had over 6,000 professional matches. I've been stabbed three times. Who? Hello. Sit back, Sprout. Sit back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's cut. Wait a second. No, no, no. Shut your mouth. Let's cut. Hang on. Court. Let me have the floor. I've caught your act. Where were you when I was 15 years old taking on all comers in a garage? Where were you, playing the bass guitar in Tootsie's Bar and Grill, huh? Where were you? Shut up, man. Oh, something, Piper. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. We ran together, the heck with a backstory. We fought together. And I don't have a problem with you because, okay, as you've been out in Hollywood making all those movies and becoming a multi-millionaire, I have to think back and give the devil his due. We ran neck and neck. No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> you remember WrestleMania? <laughs> Tell me something. If I hadn't knocked out Mr. T, took on the New York City Police Department, chased Dick Clark back, had my way with Liberace, if they didn't hate me so much, do you think they would have been cheering you so much?
shut up, I ain't finished. Do you know what bothers you? I'm the only guy you have never been able to beat. He's right. And I'll tell you something else. You're going to admit it. I am as big an icon in this sport, and whether you want to say it or not, you at least have the guts to put your hand out, and you shake my hand, and you admit that it isn't you that brought all these people here. It's all these people here that made you. Now, I'll be glad to. Let me tell you something, Piper. We've had wars to settle the score, which didn't get settled. And I thought you took off with your family and were at peace with yourself. But now that I see you face to face, me being the honest man that I am, yes, I admit, you're just as big a superstar as I am. Then straighten up. Oh, by the way, Piper, on the way out, when you go to the bathroom, you're supposed to squat in that one. Wow. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you something. No, I've had enough. Let me tell you something. You're messing with Hollywood Hogan and the NWO. You step back into my world, I can still see you've got the makeup on your face, Piper. And the way it goes, now that I look in your eyes, maybe we need to have the war that didn't settle the score. You your day's coming. Yeah, I want to know something. Yeah. I'm the reason you got no hair, and what you gonna do about it? Your day's coming, Piper. Oh, really? Your day's coming. Get your hands off, Sprout. Your day's coming, wow. Piper. Come on, Giant. Ladies, no fear. We have to go. Tell Let's you go. something else here, Chad. Let's go. I'm the boss. Let's go. But Talk I'm not finished. You know why? You forgot something. Now we got a problem. Now we got a problem. Now we got oh, a problem. Vince, we have we to get out of here. Tell you what my biggest problem is here. I caught your act with Elizabeth. Snacks Good night, everybody. Here. This is my sport. You can have this for now, but I'm telling you something. I won't allow no...